Another special edition of the Michael Deacon program. First time listeners out there, you are in for a surprise tonight. In a moment, we will be joined by Eric Gajewski. He is the founder and owner of Tradcat Night, the most followed and viewed traditional Catholic apostolate worldwide, specializing in the message of Fatima, prophecy, and the end times. He has been featured on various Catholic alternative news outlets. Eric remains one of the most highly controversial guests who have appeared on this program. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. How's everyone doing out there? Have you been staying safe and enjoying the new normal? When will this end? We are all wondering, will this be done by summer? We found out last night that may not be the case. This may be around for a while. Just remember to keep your head above water, boys. After the break, we've got some audio to play, courtesy of Joe Biden's accuser. That and more coming up after the break. Now, without further ado, let's bring in the boys. Gentlemen, are you alive out there? I'm here. We are alive still, as far as I know. Thank you so much, Eric, for uh, being here with us. I do apologize, and I apologize to everyone out there. My computer restarted for no good reason. (laughs) <laughs> well, there you have it. Technology at its finest. I know that evil well, actually, technology. You know what? It, you know what it was, Michael. What was it? Coronavirus. It got your computer. I know it infected my computer. The dreaded coronavirus <laughs> straight out of China. It's a terrible thing. And Eric, I do want to yet again thank you so much for spending some time with us here. Not your first rodeo on this program. However, there will be newer listeners out there who. Don't really know too much about you, Eric, so I thought we can first go over your background before we get into all the juicy stuff. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, well, I guess in general, uh, my name's uh, Eric Kajewski. I run one of the largest traditional Catholic websites called tradcatnight.org, uh, and uh, we kind of use that term traditional Catholic to denote that we are real Catholics not following what the Vatican has been spewing out the past 50 plus years, because it's not Catholic in essence. It's a lot of stuff that isn't Catholic, such as uh, Freemasonic principles, uh, Marx's principles coming through the Vatican. You now kind of see of a, a whole unholy merger between uh, the supposed Holy See and the UN. Uh, same agendas being uh, brought across to the table, Agenda 2030 stuff. So, in general, uh, I don't oh know. My I'm God. from an athletic background. Uh, I'm in my early 40s. Uh, I've got a master's degree in business, was running – uh, successful businesses all throughout the country, Chicago, Raleigh, North Carolina, originally from the Jersey Shore. Uh, coincidentally, I actually have a few of the Jersey Shore <laughs> cast following uh, my work. Really? I reached out to, yeah, yeah, a few of them. 
Uh, I've tried to reach out to a few of the other ones, but uh, no, to no such luck trying to get across. Um, uh, and by the way, that, that eagle that's uh, going off, that's my phone blowing up. So I think I think you get Tec- some messages there. I thought that was a I thought that was Mike's speaking, bird. Technically speaking, that's a red tail hawk. Yes, it is. It is. I <laughs> thought that was Mike's parrot back um, there. I thought he caught the coronavirus. Yeah, exactly. It's like, holy. Uh, yeah. Wow. Ever since the coronavirus, my phone's been blowing to shreds, email dropping all over the place, people trying to gain uh, perspective. We'll, we'll get into the pandemic police state later. But yeah, so uh, trackatnight.org, uh, I put up uh, various uh, articles kind of breaking down the apostasy in the church, breaking down all of the various uh, New World Order agendas. And I literally leave no stone left unturned. I will talk every subject. I mean, I'll talk Nephilim, I'll talk giants, I'll talk, you know, nice. what we believe to be a UFO agenda. I know we've talked about in times past, uh, you know, 5G. I just put up an article uh, trying to draw a connection between this one Catholic mystic, Marie Julie Jehenny, and perhaps a forewarning on 5G. Uh, and uh, so I covered all podcasting Monday through Saturday, typically three uh, guests a day. And I've got a huge week coming up, uh, Michael. My goodness, on Monday alone, I've got Brother Nathaniel and David Ike nice. uh, on the program. And uh, Gerard O'Kalman, who's a Catholic uh, journalist, uh, he's been frequently seen on like Russia Today. It's a mainstream outlet. He'll be on the program as well. I've got Romola D. I'm sure most people are aware of her work and breaking down sort of the scientific uh, side and AI and transhumanism and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, even next week, we've got a lot of great guests as well. Gerald Salente on the program. For you Catholics out there, Hugh Akins, who rarely does any interviews, he's going to be uh, breaking down what's been happening here in the United States. Uh, I'm trying to think. So, yeah, bring on some of the top guests. And uh, I don't know what else uh, you want me to add to that other than, you know, we're trying to expose all these various uh, New World Order agendas, trying to demonstrate and, and from a Catholic perspective, keep people on the boat, so to speak, in terms of like, you know, as a Catholic, uh, we see all this kind of crazy stuff happening. But, you know, I don't plan on leaving Catholicism or the Catholic faith. Uh, as a result of all the nonsense that we're seeing uh, happening in the church by supposed Catholics. Because, uh, again, my perspective is people like uh, Francis, um, who I think is a high-ranking Freemason, by the way. We've discussed that in times past. Uh, these people are anything but Catholic. So uh, we've got to expose their false doctrines and, uh, you know, keep pressing along. And so uh, I don't know what what what, uh, what else you'd like me to add uh, specifically to that. But um, just try to do my best in getting out the best – possible information to folks understood and eric we were talking off air a moment ago and you said you were having a rough week what's been going on with you eric you okay out there well yeah i mean for those who have been following my work i mean i had a rough patch uh, you know about a decade or so ago i sort of have my book of job experience where i kind of lost everything all at once uh, you know my health uh, job uh, finances all that good stuff all at once and i, I got addicted to this uh, drug called xanax and oh no i uh, cut yeah, I got contracted. I contracted the syndrome, which uh, it's it's protracted. It's called Xanax protracted withdrawal syndrome, which means it's really bad. Like once you get it, and then like over the over the years, it kind of subsides. Like you have kind of like the same symptoms, but they're not as painful, not as acute, I guess you could say. And I've, I'm going on seven years now, and I've had this thing. And uh, I tell you what, I don't wish this on my worst enemy. I mean, to even just describe what's what's been happening. Uh, even over this past week, it's been pretty brutal. I'm working on an average about two hours sleep, but there's wow. choking sensations, a heaviness uh, on your chest. It feels like you're you're being like constantly choked out. And uh, no, it's not coronavirus related either, but there's all kinds of symptoms uh, that are pretty 
pretty make it interesting. So I have to kind of work around that. And I know we were supposed to talk about a week or so ago or whenever it was. And I said, I just can't do it. Yeah. Well, I couldn't even think straight at that point. So. Oh, yeah, man. I, I was telling Mike here that you were having all sorts of uh, uh, health issues, I guess, going on with you. Oh, so this was the Eric you were talking about. This is the Eric, right. Okay, I get it. Yeah, so we're good now. I, you know, I feel I feel great. Was able to get a lot done today. And uh, yeah, so it's a lot lot to discuss. Uh, whatever, whatever direction you want to take it in, we can cover whatever tonight. Prophecy, Three Days of Darkness, Pandemic, Police State. Well, Eric, I just wanted to start with the hard-hitting stuff very quickly here. You mentioned Xanax. Sure. Um, how bad was it for you, Eric? Were you dropping multiple... Uh, footballs, as they say in the streets. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a, a rough patch. But, uh, I, you know, listen, I don't advise anyone taking uh, that drug, looking back on it. And if it wasn't for good uh, family support, I probably wouldn't have gotten through that time. I'll be honest with you. Oh, my. With everything that was transpiring uh, over the course of a few weeks. Yeah, I'm very open about my kind of conversion story. It's good to I've be been. open. I mean, you got to talk it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to, you know, have people to talk to and rely upon. And, uh, you know, I, I try to offer the same, especially to those who are struggling, you know, with either, you know, alcohol or whatever kind of drug it is, you know, you got to kind of be, be by their side, talk it out, make sure that they know that they're, you know, you've got compassion for them and that that's not the path. You know what I mean? A lot of people like to just check out a reality, whether it's, uh, you know, run into drugs or whether it's run into alcohol, whether it's run into the club, you know, a lot of people run to the clubs and the parties or whatnot, 24 seven. It's, to me, it's, uh, you know, I guess you could argue it's, you know, tr- trying to have fun and be balanced. But I think it's also a way of kind of checking out and not wanting to deal with uh, reality for those who consistently do that. And How long uh, were you taking the uh, Xanax for? Uh, I was on it. Uh, well, this was about, you know, like 10 plus years or so ago. Uh, it was probably I took it for some months. Uh, and then, you know, basically after I just totally broke down, uh, so to speak, in Raleigh, I came back to the Ohio Valley area and I've been here ever since. And. I rehabbed probably for about a year just trying to get off that damn drug. It's hard. And, uh, I, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It was brutal. I mean, it was, it was, it was so impossible to kick because, you know, basically you build up a certain type of uh, tolerance to it. Right. And then like, you can't just go cold Turkey off of it. Like if you're taking, yeah. I don't even know what I was taking a milligram or two milligrams back then. Like you had to like work your way back down slowly till you had nothing. And I remember it taking about a year for me to, to kick it cold Turkey. Uh, but then what happened was I had a clear patch. Uh, and then I went through another sort of mini rough period out here in the Ohio Valley. So I took one more pill uh, and I literally contracted the syndrome. Like I knew something was da- like dangerously wrong. Like right after I took it within a matter of, I would say like 10, 15 minutes, I started experiencing a lot of symptoms at once. And then over like the course of that first week, I was like, man, this is this is something different far beyond that what I've experienced before time. So I started doing my own research and I started seeing other people had uh, similar problems. So I looked it up. I like, I was like, damn, I'm going to have this thing for years because there was, everyone was talking about how they had it for at least, you know, two, three, four years or whatever. I'm going on like seven plus years. And this thing is still with me. And I, I'm prospecting given, you know, what I'm feeling, you know, how I've been feeling that I probably will have this like another few more years and then I'll be like symptom free uh, completely. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you just kind of get used to it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, but, but some of the symptoms are, they're so brutal. You, you just kind of have to check out and there's, you, you like, you can't work, you can't do anything. You have to work, work around, uh, the symptoms. So, um, any case, yeah, it's, uh, I advise people <laughs> to, Not to, do it. Xanax, to say the least and, and start going the alternative route, you know, take GABA, take some of these other stuff, uh, that will 
help on the natural level. I'm, I'm, I'm very big on like organics and natural and, uh, you know, all that kind of good stuff being, you know, an ex athlete right. and trying to work out still and stuff. So I, I try to, I try to be as healthy as possible, but, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I know, I know a lot of people are, you know, are addicted to it. Uh, very addicted to it. Yeah. Xanax. I had friends that were snorting it for a long time. Yeah. I used to be on Xanax. Oh my, uh, for quite a while, quite a while, but I was never, I never got to a point where I was hooked on it. Hmm. Uh, Not snorting take it. it. Yeah. No, I never snorted it. I mean, I know people who had, but, uh, they go heavy I never, on that. Uh, I never could understand anybody who snorts anything. Um, uh, other than cocaine, but, uh, I've known people who have crushed up Percocets or morphine pills or, or done heroin and they snort. I'm like, what's the purpose? You, you lose so much more of the, the, the potency by snorting it. Just take it internally. My point is, uh, when I, when I was taking Xanax, uh, I started as far back as 20 years ago when I had my own health problems with cancer. And, um, mm. So I was taking it, but uh, you know, infrequently when I needed it. Um, whereas I'm assuming, uh, Eric, you you were taking it on a daily basis, maybe multiple times a day. You got your 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 chemical balance in your body probably got so used to it that you were having problems coming off of it, right? Yeah, yeah. You build up a tolerance level. I don't know. I guess everyone's different, but uh, I sure as heck got <laughs> addicted to it pretty quickly. Sure, um, sure. And uh, yeah, like I said, I don't wish. Like I eventually. Uh, went to rehab uh, for it, and uh, that's part of life, though, you know, Eric. You know, sometimes you got to go to jail, sometimes you got to go to rehab. It's a, that's all about life. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no. I, I completely agree with you. It's uh, one of those life lessons uh, learned. Yeah, and uh, you know, you, you you live. I'm still here, able to kind of help people based upon some of my past uh, failures and experiences, and uh, yeah, just looking forward. You know, trying to help out as best I can, especially with uh, those Catholics really trying to really trying to keep the faith in these times where word it's it's it seems hard uh to want to kind of keep the faith uh during these times because of uh, everything that's happening in the church and um but yeah we got to continue to press on and uh eric why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on in the church tell us what your peeves are about this yeah go ahead well, yeah, I mean, in general, uh, we believe that uh, the Catholic Church has been uh, infiltrated, infested with these non-Catholics who are playing pretend. Uh, it's sort of like going to the grocery store and, uh, you know, your friend's saying, hey, pick up a, a six-pack of bu- uh, Bud, and you coming back with, a, a bu- you know, Bud Light or something. Like, it kind of has the appearance of uh, the same, but it's not really. It's a watered-down kind of version, and from a Catholic perspective, you're either keeping the faith in in its whole and in its entirety, like – as Catholics, uh, we believe that you have to keep all the doctrines that the church taught. Like you can't just go through like if we were going through 10 doctrines, like oh, I like that one. Uh, I'll do this one. Uh, you know, pick five out of the 10 that I like and then call yourself a Catholic. You can't. The Catholic Church, uh, in essence, automatically excommunicates uh, those. You put yourself outside the Catholic Church if you reject any one of those uh, dogmatic teachings, if you will. So we've got people walking around right now, uh, you know, even like, uh, you know, Francis who's been on uh, record as, uh, you know, saying there's no such thing as a Catholic God. He believes in this, like, God spray thesis. Uh, and again, I can only speak from a, a Catholic perspective. So that's what I try to do in these media appearances is bring forth the Catholic perspective, which, as you know, is not popular. Uh, it's not a popular right. one. I, I would argue uh, we're probably the most – one of the most hated groups, if not the most hated uh, uh, group out there. I mean, you, you could say whatever you want about any other group, but – 
Um, yeah, you, you start talking about Catholics, I mean, you could just get away with whatever you want to say. Uh, but at least, you know, we can provide a fresh, uh, fresh perspective in terms of the, the, the groups that have infiltrated, like the group of uh, Freemasonry as well. Uh, the sect of Freemasonry, it's well documented in Catholic prophecy that the sect of Freemasonry would, uh, would essentially infiltrate, take over the church. Uh, when I bring on Leo Zagami, and I think you've had him on the show too as well, I asked him while he was still in Italy, he's now in the United States, in the West Coast, um, I believe now. Um, right. I asked him point blank, like, how many cardinals do you think are Freemasons? And he, he said about a third, which is kind of interesting because it ties in with the apocalypse. Uh, and the apocalypse talks about how one third of the stars uh, fall uh, from the heavens. And from a Catholic perspective, when, when you're breaking down that particular passage, uh, it could have literal meaning. But the more mystical meaning is a reference to those stars being uh, bishops in the church, uh, leaders, if you will, and then falling down to the ground, basically rep representing their ap apostatizing from the Catholic faith. Uh, and also John Paul II made mention of that, too, uh, when we're discussing uh, the, the third secret of Fatima, which is also another uh, rabbit hole I'm hoping we can get down into because it parlays into um, the pandemics or, the, you know, this coronavirus that right. we're seeing because – Folks, if you think this is uh, this is the end all, we just getting started. This is just the start of the fun uh, from a Catholic perspective. I've been warning about this pandemic police state for five plus years. Uh, and what's interesting, and I'm sure you're, you're probably getting this too now with the, with the lockdown, Michael. I mean, I've had an uptick, a surge in people, uh, subscribers to tradcatnight.org, probably as a result of many people just kind of sitting around trying to figure out what to do. Pretty uh, much, But also yeah. a lot of people thought I was crazy, you know, years ago. A lot of Catholics, oh, man, stay away from that crazy Eric guy. Guess what? They're having that to eat their own crow. Eric was right about that. Eric was, you know, right on this particular topic. And I'm just trying to keep people ahead of, like, what what's next, basically, so people can prepare. Um, but, uh, you know, listen – it's going to get so bad to where we're going to have a formalized one world religion under uh, under the Antichrist, which I'm sure most of your listeners have probably heard from a Christian uh, perspective. Uh, he's going to take anyone from any walk uh, of life. You're just going to have to take his uh, micro, you know, mark or microchip. Uh, more specifically, it's a Luciferian. Uh, what one what one religion would that be? What what's going to become of the world? What one religion is going to be run by the Antichrist? Well, it's it, when you go to his website, and I believe it's 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 this Who's website. Uh, the Antichrist website. His, his name is Maitreya, the esoteric name, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Wait a minute, you're telling me the Antichrist has a website? Uh, yeah, yeah. Go to share. <laughs> really? Go, Where? Go to shareinternational.org. And what most people get hung up on, this guy's been around for a long time. Again, his esoteric name is uh, Maitreya. Uh, you know, there's supposedly pictures out there and about, but most people rate them off because, you know, it was floating around like in the seventies and eighties or whatnot. The, the premise is this, it's, it's when this guy shows up on, on TV and he's going to, after the economic collapse, by the way, uh, first on the United, uh, United States TV, he's not going to say he's Maitreya. He's not going to say he's the antichrist. He's not going to say he's God at first. He's going to be like an ultimate mother Teresa type. He's going to want to feed us, clothe us vaccinate us because we'll have pandemics kind of everywhere and he's going to have create all these kind of wonderful signs uh you know the signs and the stars and the heavens and be able to manipulate weather and raise people from the dead even who have died supposedly it'll mm. be all it'll be all done through do the dark occult uh, and, and, and dark magic but um and so people will eventually you know follow this guy and from a catholic prophecy standpoint 
uh, even two thirds of Catholics, supposed Catholics, are going to go in that direction of the Antichrist. Like they're going to take the mark of the beast. So a uh, very few are going to resist uh, this this new world order. Uh, so in any case, that so what people get hung up on again, like when he shows up, he's he's not going to say his name is Matreya. That's sort of like just a characterization of who he is. Uh, I'm not even sure he's going to give us a name when he when he first shows up. In all honesty, I mean, eventually we'll know who it is. But you know, it's not Trump. It's not Kushner. Those, those in my humble opinion, are only forerunners to the antichrist because there's there's really two major signs uh, from a catholic perspective that the antichrist is close one is the early church fathers the early apostles warned that when you see rome returning to ancient paganism know that the antichrist is close and what we've been seeing over the past well it's been a couple of decades now is this interfaith movement ecumenical movement you know getting together with buddhists getting together with others these other false religions even pagans having pagans blessing our popes i mean there's all kinds of pictures of that John Paul II, Benedict XVI, Francis and all that. But now we had the whole Panchimama thing. I don't know if you guys were glued into that uh, this October where the, the Panchimama idol went up uh, in the Vatican and they were saying they weren't worshiping it. But in reality, we, we knew what was happening. Uh, and many people, by the way, think this whole coronavirus. Okay, hold on one second. Hold on. We're jumping like light years from subject to subject. I, I've got questions for you here, Eric. First, let's go back to your, your, your mention of doctrines. Uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, doctrines um, and uh, how you, you're saying yourself, you follow the doctrine of the Catholic religion, I'm assuming the Bible, correct? Uh, well, doctrines, for, for a Catholic perspective, it's both scripture and then the, okay. second, the second part to that is what's called tradition, big T tradition, which means – Okay. That, that being said, hang on. Let me get my question here. What about the reformation of the church? Um, in the last, what, 200 years, 300 years maybe, um, prior, prior to all um, what, we, what was happening in, in, the, in the, uh, the Roman Catholic religion was, A, um, there was a, the, uh, the Crusades, there was the, um, the Inquisition. Um, so for about, uh, I guess about 1,700 years, the Roman Catholics followed that religion doctrine and, and lots took place. The, the Roman Catholic Church had supreme control over just about all of Western Europe. Um, uh, once it, you know, once Rome was, 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 uh, taken down. So you had the, 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 the people who followed the religion, uh, were following it doctrine. And then, you know, people were burned as witches, uh, so on and so forth. All right. So the the reformation of the church. So as opposed to when you say doctrine, are you talking about what's today's version of the the Catholic religion is or what was written 1700 years ago? Yeah. Like I said, if if our thesis is that the Catholic church has been hijacked by these wannabe Catholics, it means for the past 50 plus years, what's coming out isn't Catholic. It means it's a phony baloney version. Uh, And we know this to be the case because previous popes to the 19, let's say late 1950s, early 1960s, when we had this uh, council, it was called the Second Vatican Council, uh, which came out onto the scene and it started promulgating a lot of these Freemasonic man-centered doctrines as opposed to God-centered, Christ-centered and uh, church-centered doctrines. It's a complete reversal. What does Uh, that mean? What does that mean? Well, you have doctrines like Freemasons believe in religious liberty. Like this country, I'm not sure if you gentlemen are aware of, uh, the Catholic Church has condemned Americanism, which is religious liberty, liberty of conscience, separation of church and state. Those are all man-centered Masonic principles as opposed to 
Christ-centered as opposed to preaching Christ as uh, king, because we believe as Catholics, as Christians, that Jesus Christ is king. He has a right to rule the nations. There, there is no, we shouldn't be putting Buddha and all these other religions on the same platform as Buddhism the is not a religion, actually. Well, exp- well, explain why why you think that is. You don't. You don't. Well, there's, that. there's no. Well, there's no God involved in Buddhism. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hey, is someone there. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're kind of fading in now. Uh, other other technology problem here. Well, How I'm about hearing, now? Can you hear me all right? I'm hearing you both there, of Michael? you. I'm no, hearing you um, both fine. Okay. Yeah. Now uh, you're right. Now you're sorry back. about that, Eric. I don't know yeah. what happened, but uh, yeah. we, we were kind of interfered. Um, I don't even – what were we talking about? What, what was our, our topic? Oh, know. Buddhism. Um, you asked me what the, what the deal was with Buddhism. They don't, they don't follow a, a god, if I'm correct. Uh, well, that, that could be a discussion for another time. I probably would disagree with you. I mean I, I do believe that Buddhists would believe that they're, they're following their own religion. Like if you ask – if you go to a I Buddha, know Catholics who are Buddhists and, and, and they believe in the Christian god and Buddhism, Buddhism is a um, – how would I describe it? It's more of a um, uh, a, a way to uh, uh, I, gee, I, I you know I can't even begin to describe it. But I do know that there there are many people who are uh, in different who believe different religions who are Buddhists. Mostly, it's a it's a frame of meditation helps you you know relax and control yourself. And yet, you, if you believe in Christianity or uh, if you're a Protestant or a Jew uh, or, or anything else for that matter, you you could still be a Buddhist. Right. But that aside, that that's not the topic. I, I'm I'm curious about the doctrines because, uh, for example, do you believe in in the other two main religions, which would be uh, uh, Judaism and and Muslim? Do I believe you can save your soul in those? No. Okay, no. but you do believe that they are. I mean, let's face it. I mean, there there was Judaism first, then Catholicism, then uh, Christianity, and then the Muslim religion. So they're both based off the, uh, uh, the, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Abraham, uh, from, from Abra- the, yeah, the Abrahamic Jew- religions. But I mean, the difference between, uh, that is as Catholics, we believe Jesus Christ came. He, he is God, right? The son of God. And it even says in scriptures in Hebrews eight eighteen or eighteen eight. I always get it confused, uh, where the old covenant is now passed away, meaning Jesus Christ came. You now have to pass through, uh, the new covenant. So as Catholics, that's why we go to mass every Sunday, because that's what the Holy Mass is. It's a it's a replication, if you will. Catholic priests standing before the people, offering himself up in, in union with Jesus Christ, because our Lord said to do this in the book of John. He said, he who eats of my flesh shall have eternal life. He who does not, does not have eternal life, which is always kind of interesting when I get into a nice little friendly debates with Protestants. They have a hard time uh, trying to refute that. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line is, is that from a Catholic standpoint, that this is the only avenue. There is no other avenue. There is no other path from our perspective, objectively speaking. That's the key thing is like, you know, on paper, this is how it is. But how that works out and translate, and translate and translates into reality uh, due to the, the major variable of ignorance becomes, you know, it's, it's open for discussion because there's a lot of Protestants even out there who don't understand uh, that the Catholic Church was the original church, which can, which can be proven historically. Um, and they just, they just don't know better is basically how to put it. Uh, so there are, the church does teach that it's potentially possible that people in Protestant sects, uh, could save their soul, but they wouldn't be saving their soul in Protestantism. They, they would be saving their souls as, um, how do we put this? Ignorant, ignorant Catholics is the best way of putting it. Not saving so, their soul in a different, uh, like ideology system. 
Okay, so so just to sort of uh, follow up on on a second part of this question for the whole doctrine thing, as I mentioned about the other two main religions, Judaism and the Muslim religion. Now, when you say that you follow the doctrine of of your Christianity, uh, well, in this case, Roman Catholic, um, do you do you think that it's proper for uh, say a Muslim religion who, uh, in this case, particularly those who um, uh, follow the the Quran in doctrine, and by that I mean in the Quran, uh, just like in the Old Testament, it mentions uh, if uh, your woman sleeps with another man, stone her. If you lie with another man, kill the man. You know, so these the, the terrorists who believe in in the Quran, and I do mean terrorists, they follow they follow the Quran doctrine. So that's why I was trying to understand when you say you follow your religion as in doctrine, is it the you, you're obviously saying you, you follow a new rule. Is that is that fair to, to say? Well, it wouldn't be my rule. It's the rule that we believe that Jesus no, Christ. Not your rule, but you know what yeah. I'm saying in general. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we definitely believe that there's a path. I mean, Jesus said that there's there's a narrow path to go by in Scripture. And uh, the New Testament talks about. So, uh, so I ask you this. So I ask you this. So if you're following something that is relatively, for lack of a better term, newly written, would you say that old Christianity and and the Roman Catholic Bible, wouldn't that in itself be doctrine to follow that rule, the Old Testament, even the New Testament for that matter? I mean there's a lot that's been taken out of the Bible. But I'm I'm just curious the, the difference between old school written Bible, which was written you know 1700 years ago, and what's what's understood today. Am I making myself clear? Sorta, sorta. I mean, are you talking about the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? Are you talking about well, like what the church taught previous up until the last like couple like hundred little... years, right? Well, in other words, I'm not saying whether what the difference is. I'm saying when, when, when in this case we're talking about Christianity. Christianity with the Bible was written 1,700 years ago when the Bible was written, and um, I mean it, it seems to me that that if you're going to follow something doctrine, that would be would be doctrine. That would be what you you follow. I mean that that only makes sense to me because that was the original word written for Christianity. Yeah, but that's what we do as Catholics. We are so, we are fo- we are following uh, everything that again that, that would follow suit with the, what the church teaches on scripture and tradition because not everything that Jesus Christ taught is in the Bible. This is, is where this is where right. uh, debates happen between Catholics and Protestants. There's that's a where lot. The Council of Nine comes in. That's where the yeah. Council of Nine comes in. They took many books out of what would become the King James Bible. Right. There is, uh, you know, huge fundamental. Like, well, for, for one example, a huge um, divide is between Catholics and Lutherans over the doctrine of purgatory. The purgatory, uh, the, the scripture. Oh, by the way, this was taught in Judaism. This this follows suit in, in Catholicism as well, but it's always been taught uh, throughout the early church and throughout Catholicism that's a good and wholesome thought to pray for the dead, which is in Second Maccabees somewhere. Again, I don't have it in front of me, uh, but Luther took that out. And so he rented, he, he reinvented, made up his own Bible and said, okay, like this is what we're going to follow. So what we say as Catholics, okay, who gave you authority to do that? Exactly. Uh, see what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is – It always we, changes. We try to follow everything that the church taught both scripturally and throughout – in the Catholic church, there's different councils. Uh, you know, you know, the Council of Trent, 
you know, the first Vatican council, there's, there's, I don't know how many different councils off the top of my head, but the issue that we take with the second Vatican council is this, what the Kurt, what the Catholic church had previously condemned, like various popes and various councils said, okay, you can't be Christian if you follow socialism, uh, for example. Okay. What's coming out of the Vatican right now? I mean, legitimate redistribution of wealth and kind of all this stuff. Uh, it's, it's just open socialism. You, you can't be a, a Catholic or a Christian uh, from a Catholic perspective and be a socialist. So people will look at Francis and they'll say, OK, he, he is the, supposed to be the model of Catholicism, right? He can't go wrong, which is completely erroneous because popes can lapse into heresy. That's a completely different topic. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and uh, so we're like, no, this guy isn't Catholic. Uh, the people who are following Vatican II, unfortunately, aren't Catholic. And this is why I'm so hated. I know I've had discussions with uh, Michael in previous shows. Like, I, you know, I have a lot of followers, but, you know, a lot of people don't get it. They're confused. Uh, they're, they're, they mean well, but they don't understand what they're following isn't Catholicism. Uh, I, I, again, I label it. I call it the three M's, modernism, masonry, uh, Marxism. And... Uh, uh, again, it's 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 tough to come to the you know it's tough to come to the conclusion of the truth. But I think if you sit down and talk to people on an individual basis, because I've seen a lot of conversions. I mean, I've been doing this work for a lot of years now. I've seen a lot of people uh, eventually say, "Okay, Eric, yeah, I see what you're saying," and convert uh, from all walks of life. Uh, just recently, uh, I've been working with uh, one uh, woman who's uh, she was an ex. Um, sideline reporter for the Eagles and the Vikings. She's an actress. I mean, y'all can look her up right now. Misha Johnson. She was a Protestant for many years. She's now Catholic. Uh, you know, and I spent a lot of time trying to discuss all these things with her. And she came to the same conclusion. Like, okay, this, I do see these texts. I do see what these early apostles say. Th this is how it has to be. Like when we're talking about purgatory or some of these doctrines, which a lot of Protestants will refute. So it's, it's a matter of investigation and education, just like you would with any of these other topics, whether it's CERN, 5G, like you got to put in the time in order to come at uh, the truth. And some people, I guess, just they want to cut corners and just kind of always have that anti kind of Catholic sort of, you know, sentiment. And they just don't, they don't want to hear the arguments like they'll hear, they'll, maybe they'll hear the arguments, but they just, they'll never really fully embrace that argument, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot happening in the world. And by the way, this is, uh, I mentioned the two signs. The first sign is Rome's return to ancient paganism. But the second one is uh, the rebuilding of the third temple, which is what they're getting uh, in place right now. We've had some of the top leading rabbis talking about how they've been talking to the Messiah. Uh, you know, he's about to show up. He might even show up before Passover. Uh, this this one guy, Rabbi Lippo, was now saying the coronavirus is going to lead us uh, to the new Messiah who's going to, you know, basically give us the answer. You know, oh we're talking my. about vaccines now. So, you know, it's, you know but, but we've been hearing that for, for about, forever. Oh, I don't know, a thousand, a thousand years now. Yeah, lots of people have uh, been I mean, coming up with ahead, different You talk about the third dates. example? No, go ahead, Michael. I'm sorry. What were uh, you saying? Christ returning. Well, well his, I think not, what he's I'm saying is the, the, about, about the Jews. The Jews believe that the every, Messiah hasn't every, come yet. Well, right. Everyone... Every religious person thinks their Messiah is going to return, though. In a sense, yeah, there's supposed to be the second coming for the Christians, but the Jews believe that the Messiah is coming for the first time. What I want to bring up is the fact that for the last thousand years, every time there's a comet in the sky or there's a hurricane or, or, or a mass destruction, we're always told that, you know, the time is coming, the apocalypse is coming, and yet somehow we always seem to get through it. Well, I would argue two things. Well, first of all, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. Not all of these signs happening at once. Sure, we have the plague. How, 
No, no, no. Listen, listen. We got Rome's return to ancient paganism. We've got talk of the rebuilding of the third temple. You do have all these, you know, signs and wonders in the sky. We, we've never seen any of these uh, types of uh, weather anomalies. I mean, even people on the science level are completely, you know, blown away. Not that we haven't had Earth cycles or whatnot, but the Earth changes are really starting to freak out even uh, scientists. I put out an article last year. It was called Nine Nine. Uh, I think it was called like Nine Proofs: The Ugly Truth as to how we are getting more closer to the end. And I'm not one of those Catholics saying, you know, we're going to see Jesus uh, in our times because we actually think there's going to be a shorter uh, period of peace. When have you ever had technology the way it is to where we could have the ability to see the Antichrist in an hour? Uh, when have we had uh, the ability to perhaps have this microchip system where everyone could buy and sell? You're telling me we'd, we'd have that opportunity in the 1600s or 1700s? Well, look, what ha- look what happened when, when w- there was two points. When we were going into uh, Y2K in 2000, how everybody was talking about the world was going to end. And then we had the thing with the whole Mayan calendar in the 20, uh, 2012 when we thought the world was going to end. Now, whether you consider that to be a paganism thing or not, yeah, I'm, fact not, I'm matter- not concerned what the world says. I'm only concerned as a Catholic what the Catholic Church has to say. I don't care what other people are saying. I, I just we look at what the early apostles are say. We believe that they spoke the truth when they say you see this, 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 and this. When you see everything line up, then we believe we're we're, we're getting closer to that time. We've never seen that ever. All these signs uh, line up. And a lot of Catholics are coming to that conclusion, by the way. Again, I've been labeled sort of the Alex Jones of the Catholic world, and people used to make fun of me for years. Guess what? They're circling a background, and uh, I've never seen such a surge here at my website, and they want to learn. They don't want to make make fun anymore. We've got cardinals like Cardinal Burke saying we're in the end times now. We've got Archbishop Vigano basically saying we're in the end times now. Uh, we've got prolific Italian writers now saying the Antichrist is right around the corner or whatnot. I mean, everything is, is, is lined up for this. Uh, and it's, again, and it's not just necessarily Catholics. There's a lot of Christians, uh, you know, people who profess to be Christians uh, who believe this. But uh, in terms of all the signs lining up, uh, I kind of summarize it with two Peter, two, three end time scoffers. They'll basically say, well, you guys have been saying this thing for hundreds of years. And guess what? On the basis and a result of that, many people are going to lose their lives because they're not they're not taking the precautions necessary. Uh, that Jesus Christ says in Scripture, the, the one Scripture that I've been but, using. But with all due respect, Eric, we've heard that as well, too, because. Uh, we were told when Reagan was president that Reagan was the Antichrist and six letters in each one of his names. Um, and then yeah, every t- who is saying that, though? I, again, I don't I don't care what non-Catholics are saying. I mean, no, well, offense I, I mean, to, I, no offense I can't to tell you, but I, I, don't I really can't care tell you exactly. I, I was only 13 <laughs> when he became president, but I do remember that. That was that was the thing, and people were calling him the Antichrist. And whether they were Catholic or not, I don't remember. I was a kid. What I am saying is that we hear it every so often. Uh, George W. Bush was called the Antichrist. Even uh, right. Hussein Obama was called the Antichrist for for a short period of time when he started screwing up this country. Um, and now we hear it with Trump. <laughs> so it's like you know, and and, and on top of that, there's always. It seems to me that there there, there are always some sort of. Uh, some sort of world crisis that takes place that makes a lot of people seem to think that the end is near. And somehow we always seem to come out of it. Well, we are. I mean, from our Catholic perspective, we are going to get through it, but we only believe Catholics are going to get through it. And that's the premise probably of this talk is the three days of darkness, because during the three days of darkness, it's a long awaited Catholic prophecy. Only Catholics get through it. There's there's certain things that you have to do uh, spiritually uh, if you're not uh, protected. 
then you, you don't walk through those three days, basically. So it's sort of like I've almost said it's almost like Darwinian sounding, uh, even though we're not we obviously don't believe in Darwinism. It's sort of a survival of the fittest. And we believe that as Catholics, we are, we are God's chosen. There's certain measures that we are going to do that the Blessed Virgin Mary has said that need to be done uh, specifically to get through these three days. And and by the way, when we're talking about the three days of darkness, all of the uh, prophecies uh, put together, like when you take a consensus of it and there was proximate signs to the three days of darkness, they've they've already been fulfilled largely. I mean, again, and what were they? Well, flouting of church laws, uh, falling attendance at church. I mean, take a look at what's happened in regards to the whole coronavirus thing with churches now being shut down. You can't even get to churches. This parlays into uh, the bigger question of uh, the Catholic Church going underground. Uh, this is the one of the, one of the ways that so you can get it across. Just just to back up for a second, you're you're making claim that it's probably not a good idea for them to shut down church so that people do congregate in large portions of numbers, and the possibility of a virus could spread that way. No, I'm, not say, I'm saying that they can utilize. Uh, the coronavirus and take advantage of it. I think most of us would agree it's a bioweapon. I mean, I don't think going any- to ch- I don't understand if, if if they close down the church for health reasons because they're trying to uh, they're trying to permit uh, to um, uh, keep this virus from spreading by large congregations of people in, in one area. When when you said you know the these signs about the the church being closed, how do you how do you see that as being a bad thing? If if we're trying to keep people from congregating so that this virus doesn't spread, how is closing a church a bad thing? Well, first I didn't say it wasn't a bad thing. Uh, oh, I'm there's, sorry. There, I'm sorry. There's, yeah, there's debates uh, amongst Catholics as to whether it should be done. And by the way, churches were closed during times of when bubonic plague or happened. Uh, the point is, is I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I'm saying just the reality of it happening is only going to play into the hands of the Antichrist when he formally comes up and says no more Christian prayer publicly, no more Catholic masses publicly, which he's going to do, by the way. Who, uh, the Pope? So, no, the, the Antichrist to come. Oh. Yeah, when he when he formally takes uh, control and assumes control, he will most definitely say that, and that's when it will be really high time. What we What we call in the Christian circle, you know, the Great Tribulation, where basically it's going to be off with your head. Anyone who doesn't take the mark of the beast is is, is going to be killed. Um, Sounds more so, like a Muslim thing to me. <laughs> he's actually he's actually Jewish. The Catholic tradition says he's going to be a Jew. He, he could be a crypto Jew because a lot of these supposed Islamic people are actually crypto Jews like uh, Erdogan and, and some of these other ones. Uh, they're actually not really even Islamic. They're actually really Jewish. Um, really? They, yeah. Uh, Ajmidijan was another one. There are also Freemasons too. Most of these these clowns are Freemasons. Even that Kim Jong Un dude is a uh, CIA slash uh, Freemason. Uh, Merkel, <laughs> really? yeah, they all are. They're all amazing. The Trump is, Francis is. They're all clowns. Um, oh but what I'm saying is, they can take advantage of this coronavirus situation, and not only are they they shutting us down, they can shut the economy down. They're, they're shutting churches down. So from a Catholic perspective, a lot of Catholics are okay, like, so where do I go to where do I go to mass to get to the sacraments? Uh, and what I'm saying is this is just preliminary to the arrival of the Antichrist when he just formally puts down on paper, you can't go to, to Christian church. You see what but I'm if, saying? If, so, if God is all seeing, why couldn't he not understand that if a person is unable to get to church because of a plague epidemic type situation that he would that person who can't get to church would still fall into the arms of the Lord. He would. He would. OK, no, so, would. so but, where, but I mean, where's Catholics, the problem in that? Catholics still want to get to sacraments, though. 
You Listen, what all due respect, my, my pop is the most Christian guy I know. He used to go to church every single day since I was 16. And mind you, I'm 53 now. Just recently, he had to stop because he's 88 years old and he's having some problems. But that man used to go to church every single day. And I, I, I don't know. I, I used to tell him all the time, Dad, you, you push yourself so hard. Stay home. God might, might. Be all right with that if if you're not worried about it, you know. Well, yeah, you can. No, no. From a Catholic perspective, if you're, if you're sick and you're unable to get to mass, um, then then you should stay home. As a matter of fact, if you are sick and you you do take yourself into uh, a public arena and you know that you're sick and you know you could get other people sick, it's actually uh, a mortal sin. Well, if you get the priest uh, sick, it would be certainly mortal sin. That's that's a whole other side topic between difference between mortal sin and venial sin. Uh, but the, the whole the whole point is, from our perspective, that that God is just so angry that He will take away the sacraments. When we as Catholics, we want we want to get to church, right? We have that intention of wanting to be close to Jesus uh, in a, in a church. And again, this is where you can get to arguments between Catholicism and Protestant. I don't need to go to church. I just have a personal relationship with Christ. We don't believe in any of that stuff, and that's a whole other uh, side debate, uh, you know, to that. But that, that's how angry we believe God is like, OK, he's going to start closing down churches. And it's not like we can't save our souls or whatever. But I still have the intention of wanting to get the mass. I hope I'm explaining myself properly here. Absolutely. Um, no, I, I get where you're coming yes. from. So so one other qu- I'm sorry, Michael, were you going to ask something? Well, I'm just sitting here wondering why God just doesn't cure, you know, everyone just put this uh, plague away. That's all I'm curious about. Why was it here in the first place? I thought God well, could I- just get rid of it. Why, why does God allow, is that what you're saying? Why, what, that's the question. Why is God allowing like yeah. a plague or whatnot? Why is he yeah, alone? Well, is result, is it just because he's so angry? Yeah. It's a result of sin. Who's sin? From our perspective. Uh, in, in general, just humanities. Uh, people from our perspective don't want the truth anymore. Uh, when, when you turn away from the truth, all that left is a lie. But, and, but isn't truth a matter of perspective? No. Truth is, truth isn't relative. Truth is, it's, uh, it's revelation. As Catholics, we, we believe that. It's been again. It's passed down through doctrine. When when you break from those doctrines, you upset Jesus. I mean, it's it's. I don't. It's much, I don't believe I've upset anybody. I mean, I I don't feel like I'm a sinner. You don't believe you're a sinner? No, <laughs> we're all not sinners, at all. Man. I don't if believe I've sinned. I've done nothing wrong to offend anyone. You've committed no sin ever in your life. Oh sure. If you're looking at something in the eyes of of a, a religious person, yeah, I could name a thousand things that that someone would say. Oh yeah, that's a sin. I, I don't I don't see it that way though. I I, I disagree. Um, well, maybe but, maybe that's maybe that's why we're in this mess though. <laughs> that would be my argument. Well, that's what I'm I saying. mean, I didn't bring I didn't bring the coronavirus <laughs> on. Well, no, I would argue directly as a result of rejecting uh, truth. I would say, yeah, you, you you in part are bringing it on humanity. I mean, we all are to a certain degree. We're we're bringing it upon ourselves due to sin. There was one famous saint who actually said that, as you know, all these various uh, crazy earth changes that we're seeing are not they're not due to God. I mean, God created this uh, world perfectly, but through our uh, sins. And the reason why God is allowing this, by the way, is to wake people up. He's trying to say, okay, listen, uh, it's called divine warnings of nature in, in Catholic prophecy. And as a matter of fact, there's one yeah. mystic in um, uh, in Italy that talked about how before World War III would happen, you would see all of these uh, weather anomalies or whatnot that should cause your eyebrows to at least raise and be like, huh, there's something a little bit, something a little bit off here. Uh, and – uh, again, uh, from our perspective, we believe certain things are happening geopolitically speaking. Uh, I'm not sure, Michael, if we talked about this 
uh, in our last uh, program or not between, you know, what is eventually going to happen because there will be a world war. I know there's a lot of people who seem to think there isn't going to be. Well, there's already, uh, war, but, well, there's already a world war going on. We are already in battle with Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, Africa. So the war's uh, already begun. Well, I meant specific, from our perspective specifically, but you're more Russian, Russian yeah. Catholic props. I hear you. us. Yeah. We, we still have, a, I think we still have another, st- you know, step to go with that, but they Before do that, factor yeah. into that because they geopolitically stand on the other side of the fence of the United States. So, um, if I may just interject for a second, you know, uh, I know you don't know me very well, Eric, and that, that's fine and dandy. But I want to tell you, when I was a boy, when I was a young man, um, I got cancer for the first time. I've had it seven times since. And, you know, I, I never could understand why I was stricken with cancer. And yet every time I used to go to church back then, uh, the, the priests would always pat me on back. Oh, you're doing so good. You're so strong. By that time, it was already the second or third time I was in, had, had, uh, cancer. And, you know, they, they would tell me that I was doing so good. And I would ask, why is this happening? And, you know, they never told me that I was a sinner and that I was being punished for something like this, but I can never cu- quite understand if indeed there was an issue where God was angry or something, why was I the, the, the cause of it? Why, why did I take the wrath and get cancer seven times in my life? So, I searched for God all my life and I never found him. Well, let's answer because from a Catholic perspective, we, we do, we do believe you have that answer. Not all suffering, if you will, is as a result of, or, or is punishing per se. Uh, there are what's called victim souls in the Catholic uh, Church who very eloquently discuss that how the only path to heaven is the cross. There, there is no other way. Outside what does that mean? What does that suffering, mean? Suffering, suffering, all kinds of suffering. I've been, I've been suffering abominations in my body that I wouldn't want my worst enemy to have the past the last ten years. I'll be honest with you, it's been unbearable at times. I've, I've been suicidal at times. It's been so. Just horrible, wanting to just escape my flesh. And I've never had cancer, but I've, I've had this, and I do know that I, I couldn't imagine being anything being worse than this. Uh, symptoms that I go through on an hourly basis, things changing your body, uh, you know, all, just all kinds of crazy things happening internally, externally, trying to you know trying to get your bearings, so you know, so to speak. It's tough to even live. You don't know what's going to happen from hour to hour in the body. My point is, Jesus said, "Deny thyself." Deny what your will is. Take up your cross, which is suffering. Come follow me. Most people don't want to do that, and that's why most people, unfortunately, don't get to heaven because they don't want to take up their cross. They don't want to take suffering. So when, when you kind of look at it as a negative thing, perhaps, with suffering, I look at it as a positive thing, God trying to draw you closer to his heart because if the ultimate goal is to align our hearts with his heart and his heart can be seen upon that cross, suffering for people, loving people, want, wanting to... Uh, you know, have everyone embrace his love, then we have to do the same. We have to walk the same route. There's a lot of people who seem to think, well, Jesus died for me. I don't have to suffer. All I got to do is, you know, just believe, you know, a certain set of doctrines, which is true. That's one part of it. But I don't have to to basically be another Christ. I don't have to carry my cross. Then you're then you're mistaken from a Catholic perspective. So suffering, and this is the premise of my book, by the way, I'm writing, I've been writing a book. I've been journaling for the past seven years, which if you guys honestly read it, it might even frighten you. It even frightens myself when I go back and look at it, just, just some of the stuff that I've had to, to been through in the body. I honestly don't even know how I'm here to this day. Uh, various, uh, various, uh, crazy symptoms. One of the worst asphyxiation. 
I literally sit there and I'll, I'll, I'll just, I, I can't breathe. I can't catch a breath. Everything tingles. You know, when you lose, you lose, uh, in your extremities, like you feel like you have no, mm-hmm. um, blood going through. I'll sit there and I'll feel like I'm on the cross with Jesus. No breath going in and out of my body. I don't know how I got through it other than God's grace. I mean, that's just one of the crazy symptoms. So do you take medication for any of it? No, none of it. None of it. It's like, it's like, a like, um, best way I put it, it's like sort of like, um, uh, what's that thing called? Not not a cassette player. The thing, the the the, the turntable thing. It's it's like a record player, record and it play, just yeah. goes through. Yeah, it goes mm-hmm. through like what's it's going to do. I call them cycles. It's just going to go through what it's going to go through, and nothing is going to make it better. I've I've tried can, magnesium. Can you explain to us what it is that you're going through? These symptoms. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to take up too much, uh, too much time. Uh, but yeah, everyone could look it up. Xanax protracted withdrawal symptoms. You'll probably find about 200 different symptoms. Oh, so it has to do with the Xanax withdrawal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I'm talking about, I'm talking about illness. I'm talking about illness. I mean, with all due respect, I'm not saying that what you're going through isn't important, but I mean like physical illness, tumors, uh, uh you know, cancer. It's the, same, it's the same thing though. It's suffering. Wouldn't you agree that it's a bit more man induced if you're going to like take drugs and end up with withdrawals? Look, man, I, I, I went through I was on heroin about 12 years ago and uh, that's when I that's when I stopped using it. And um, yeah, I know what withdrawals go through and I would not wish my worst enemy to go through heroin withdrawals. It was the worst thing of my life, worse than cancer. But I got through it. And never once did I think that God was putting me through it. I put myself through it. I'm talking about cancer. I'm talking about, you know, internal disease, breakdown of your liver, your kidneys, you know, dialysis, all that. Just When that sort of thing happens, is that in your sense, is that God saying, you know, shame on you? Here's here's kidney no. failure. No, 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 absolutely, absolutely not. No, I mean, it's, it's God trying to call soul closer to it. Uh, there's a famous expression in the Catholic world. And many saints have, have said it. You know, those closest to God suffer the most. When you take a look at the, 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 the holiest souls, which we call in the church, you know, saints, they get that title of saint, St. Francis, St. You know, Padre Pio or these saints. They suffered the most. The, the, the one mystic that I did a movie on, Marie Julie Jehenny, in relation to the three days of darkness. You can find this on Vimeo, by the way, because I cover a lot of her sufferings. She went dem, dumb deaf and blind, but she did it willing, willfully. Get this. Jesus came to her and said, are you willing to suffer to help me help souls convert to the Catholic faith? Essentially, this is going back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Are you willing to to put yourself on the line like like I did basically for humanity? And she embraced it. She went deaf, dumb and blind. She uh, she actually uh, at one point she lived such a, a supernatural life. She didn't eat for five years. She didn't eat anything. Uh, no how water. Could that, how can that be? Eucharist. He subsisted on the Eucharist. Jesus said, "He man does not eat by bread alone. He who eats of my flesh has eternal life." So, if someone been, did that today, do you think they'd survive? Yeah, and I, I'll argue in the times ahead, we're going to have to because food is going to be some could become so tainted. All so we're going just, to be living just eating Eucharist. Yeah, you that, can live. That, that was Absolutely. Really. Now, what's interesting about this, a lot of people raise their hand. Oh, that's, you know, that's just made up. That's a story or whatnot. No. What the church does when you're dealing with a mystic, by the way, she had the stigmata. I'm sure you all know what the, the stigmata is where you, you actually mm-hmm. get the wounds of Christ. Right. Well, she had the stigmata the longest in church history. It was 60 years. She, uh, she started, uh, she was a third order Franciscan, a religious. It started in her late twenties. She lived till she was in her early nineties and had, the stigmata for all those years, bled out of her hands, bled out. And all out. she ate was Eucharist? 
for a five year period, not not oh, for that oh, whole okay. six. It was a five year period that she, Jesus asked her to basically become a victim to help save souls. I can't recall if it was World War One or World War Two when a whole bunch of people died. Um, when medicine was still very new and they couldn't figure out how to do cures for that. So what the church did is they, they'll hand it over to the science community and they say, OK, investigate this woman. She's, you know, it is are these of supernatural origin? So she literally had a, a medical doctor alongside who wasn't Catholic. And she said, yes, what she is experiencing is supernatural. It's above my pay grade. Don't ask me to explain it. He stood by her side and watched her eat nothing for five years straight. No water, no food. She subsisted and lived on the Eucharist alone. So, there, you know, there's a, a motto that we fly by here at Tradcat Night. Uh, where the body is, we're talking about Jesus Christ's body, there also will the eagles be gathered. So we believe that we can have sustenance just living off of the Eucharist. Now, do you understand how important it is to get sacraments, we believe? I'm uh, afraid I disagree with you, but because uh, no one can live for a week without water. So well, that's just, just proven. Just, but you're just you're denying history then. I'm I mean, not denying anything. I'm just going by what, what science has proved. And science has proved that you well, cannot yeah, live God for more than a week science. without water. God transcends science, my friend. God is above science. Science is sub, sub, subsistent to God. God is supernatural. He doesn't fly by uh, what you know mankind's rationale per se. I mean, he he can do whatever he wanted to at this point. As Jesus said, he could call down a thousand angels right now and, and end the earth, and it would you know it would just blow the science community. So we we you know science can support truth, but science isn't truth. Uh, you know, and I think in this modern world, science is very much uh, embellished. I don't even believe half the stuff that comes out of the science community these days. But uh, that's how it. And, and by the way, this part lays into the bigger question of who is actually going to survive these times, because only those of faith and hope are going to survive these times. People, people at certain points of this tribulation period are coming. If you're flying just by science, if you're flying by anything else other than an eagle's wings of faith and hope and living supernaturally, you aren't going to make it. You you will die for more than one reason uh, or another. So this is why I believe that. This is what God has to put put on my plate so that I can go out and teach people. And we know and I realize we're going to be few. Catholic prophecy says that few people are going to get through these times. Few people will basically embrace these warnings, uh, even as mentioned in Scripture. And, you know, to, to each his own. You know what I mean? I, I don't it doesn't. Well, bother I, me. I, I definitely with agree with that people. theory. I definitely agree with that theory to each his own, because there's so many there's seven point five billion people out in the world right now. And they all a lot of them. I'm not saying everybody is completely different, but there are sects and sects of people believe in certain things, just like the Jews believe in one thing, the Christians believe in another, so on and so forth. And those who are atheists and agnostic believe in their own thing. What I'm, what I'm, I'm curious about is, is I, I mean, it just seems that we've been through this so many times and that we're always told every couple of years that the world is going to end, the apocalypse is upon us. And yet we always get through it. We are going to get through it. Only Catholic, but what you're so. saying is we're only going to get through it if we're if we're dedicated Christians. Yep, that's it. More specifically, Catholic. There's a certain. It's even a more narrow path to get through these times. But what an about the, the only, um, what about the, the Jews out there? Once, what say that again? What I'm about sorry, I lost the, you there for a second. I was going to say, what about the Jews out there? They think that they are the only chosen people. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, here's the interesting thing from from Catholic tradition. Most most uh, Christians don't realize this. Uh, Elijah and Enoch, the two witnesses uh, from the Old Testament who have never died um, in accordance with uh, Catholic tradition, they're actually going to come back during the reign of the Antichrist, and they're going to preach to religious Jews. Now, I think most of your your audience and you guys know there, there's a difference between you know Orthodox Jews and sure. the synagogue of Satan types. Right, okay, right, right. well, the, the two witnesses are going to preach to the religious Jews who uh, are going to convert to Catholicism. It's actually the last major sign 
before Jesus Christ re- returns. And when we say return, like I don't mean, you know, like within a few years of that happening. It's just like the last major sign on the timeline before Jesus does come back. Because even the church, early church fathers debated, like, what was the time interval between the death of the Antichrist and then Jesus's actual second coming? There's no there's no infallible doctrine, by the way. Like, it's not like the Antichrist dies. Jesus comes back that that day, as Protestants uh, seem to think. Right. It's not going to happen. Okay. Like that. There's like there's like a, a, a question mark in between that period. I've put I've put forth my thesis uh, out to the public. Uh, others have put their thesis out. But uh, the bottom line uh, from Catholic tradition, the, 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 uh, the uh, religious Jews, the Orthodox Jews, they actually convert to Catholicism. They actually get down on their knees and weep and they say, oh, my goodness, uh, we, we shouldn't we should have believed in Jesus. And now they will come back into the fold. So that's that's an interesting piece that maybe your listening audience uh, might, might might not have heard of. But, Amazing. Um, OK. And Eric, I do have a personal question for you. Why do you believe in God? Why do I believe in God? Well, Correct. I mean, I believe I was put on this earth, um, just, well, I, I would hope as any other uh, Catholic to not live for yourself, to, to realize that there is a higher force, you know, above us, someone that does, uh, love us. And amidst all these atrocities, I do believe that we can find the light in all this darkness. I always use the example, uh, gentlemen, of, uh, as the night, you know, goes darker, we see that full moon coming out and then you see the stars or whatnot. So it's actually still quite a, a beautiful, serene, uh, you know, uh, painting or picture, if you kind of focus in on the light as opposed to the dark that's around us. So but we know that there's darkness happening all around us from a Christian perspective. But uh, I believe that we are called to love, right, to serve God, to know God. In the end, from a Catholic perspective, what, what heaven is ultimately what heaven ultimately is, it's called the beatific vision, uh, is it's, it's basically an endless gaze, gaze, a, a lock in love with with God. The union of hearts, um, Jesus says in Scripture himself, those who do not uh, do my will uh, cannot enter heaven. So uh, there's even one mention in, in the book of Matthew, I think it is, where it says, you know, how this Christian will run up to Jesus and say, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I, you know, uh, you know, take care of the sick? Didn't I do this or that? And Jesus said, I will. I, I turn you away because you did not do uh, the will of my father. I'm getting the word that someone's computer <laughs> dropped out again. Uh Oh, no, it's all uh, good. Uh, are we still good? Uh, I, I thought. No, I'm here. here. Keep going. Keep going. Yes, I'm, I'm, so, I'm still wondering why you believe in God, Eric, and if you have any evidence. Are you talking about like like experiences or whatnot? Well, sure. Well, yeah, we can go that route if you want. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, in the end, just as you know, I've been trying to say here, it is a matter of faith. I mean, Jesus says in the end, from a Christian perspective, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. It, it comes down to did you believe? In Christ, did you hold to the Catholic faith from our perspective? Right. There'll be others uh, to say, uh, you know, differently. Um, but I just kind of investigated. I looked at it and I said, you know, hey, there has to be something more than just life. Right. Than chasing women, than collected money. Sure. Bouncing from bar to bar. Like right. it, it gets old after a while. Like it was fun, like in my 20s or whatnot. But it really does get older, as I'm sure you, you gentlemen can attest to. I mean, I don't even think you have to be Catholic to see that. It does kind of get old. It, it kind of plays out. So I was like, man, there's got to be something more here, you know. So I've tried to do my best to be as close a model, as you know, following in, in, in the footsteps of our Lord and trying to help other people. Uh, but in terms of uh, like experiences or whatnot, I mean, yeah, I mean, my whole book is is littered uh, with was mystic, there, mystical was experiences. There, was there and, one experience that you had that completely drew you to the faith? Yeah, just give us one anecdote that you have, Eric. Uh, well, I, listen, I grew up 
in the Novus Ordo, like I grew up in the phony baloney Catholicism, didn't realize what was going on as a kid. Then I fell away. And I, I know I've mentioned this in times past. Right, right. I actually, I actually became an atheist. I became an agnostic. I didn't believe in God at a certain point over the question of suffering, just like uh, Mike was saying. I didn't want to, I didn't want to believe that God could put me all through this. But then I sat back and I started looking at things historically. I started to, you know, pray and I said, okay, Lord, you know, if this is the path, start like lining the ducks up for me. And he started to line up the ducks for me. I, like, for example, like this work that I'm doing today, this wasn't my plan. I mean, this is not, this is, this wasn't like my will for my life. I always argue jokingly, if, it, if this were my will, I'd be out on like uh, Myrtle Beach, uh, you know, like hanging out, uh, you know, drinking beers or whatnot. Uh, I was a successful businessman. I was living the life. I had money. I had girls. I had cars. I had all that stuff, but it was just, it was empty. So you felt uh, so empty, one, basically. And that? So basically you oh, just yeah, felt empty. empty and within, yeah. I mean, I, like when, when, mm -hmm. and when you, and when you get the, when you get the Holy Ghost in you, it, you feel it. I mean, it, you know, it, it says in scripture, God is uh, an all consuming fire and an, uh, and an unapproachable light is the two best ways of putting it. Uh, so when, when, when you, start growing in love, you start growing in that fire within. The Holy Ghost is always typically represented by a dove, but also uh, a fire. And, uh, you know, obviously you can see that throughout scripture, fire examples or whatnot. Uh, but yeah, literally you can feel it. You will literally tangibly feel it within you. And I, you know, as other Catholic mystics have, as I'll relay in my book, I try to do my, my like my best way to describe it to people in layman's terms, but I've had numerous, numerous, uh, experiences of, you know, either angels visiting, like, like kind of looking at me like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, get your act together. This is not what God wants for you. Uh, I've had the ability to see the, the dark forces. Uh, some mystics have like Padre Pio. They come in all different shapes, sizes and forms, uh, which is a whole other conversation. We get into the times ahead with the demons because every demon during the three days of darkness is going to be released. Remember I told you only Catholics are going to get through this. Well, part of the reason is many people will disregard the warnings. And they'll be actually stuck outside. And if you're caught outside when these things are out there, goodbye. You're done. Good night. I see. You're done. You see what I'm saying? So uh, every devil will be let loose. This ties into a bigger conversation with CERN. Uh, and it's it gets quite interesting. But, yeah, I mean, it's experiential. It's, uh, I think, in part, and uh, you have to put your one foot forward in faith and say, okay, you know, not to tempt God in that certain sense, but say, listen, I I'm open to – you know what this crazy guy Eric is saying. Let me investigate. <laughs> you know what? Investigate. You know, is this truly what the church has taught at all times? And then start to, in the most humble fashion, say, "Listen, you know, I want to live live in accordance to what uh, you know how Jesus Christ laid down. Do your do your very best, and I believe that God will start to line everything up for your life. To, uh, you know, how do I put this? Becoming more like Him. But you have to, you have to remember at the end of the day. What, what would you say? What would you say to a person? who doesn't believe uh if if they asked you what can i do to survive the oncoming apocalypse what can non-catholics do to survive the apocalypse precisely hang tight yeah mike <laughs> no. get, thanks get, michael get, you got it get catholic as soon as you get well no listen in general in general in general is is become a catholic is that what you just said yeah but it's i mean that's the direct answer but it's you have to be a little bit more loose than that because uh, these these certain catholic prophecies indicate that there are going to be people during the three days of darkness who are going to recall conversations like this and be like oh man 
I probably should have been prepared and they will repent kind of during those three days and God will kind of see that in their hearts and allow them to kind of live. Because basically what happens so, is this. So ultimately if they just repent and they say, okay, I'm Christian now, I'm a Catholic, then they're cool. And you're saved. Well, I mean, you have to be, you have to, you have to repent. I mean, you actually have to right. mean it like, too. Like not I just said. If not just repent, like in a, not just like in a self-love fashion, like, hey, I just want to survive. I understand days what of- you're saying. But, but ultimately, in a nutshell, what you're telling me is that all a person has to do when that moment comes to say, you know what? I repent. I truly repent. And now I believe. Yeah. I believe God will get those people through. Absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, again, the supernatural transcends the natural it transcends so, science so, so like when you when you get the holy ghost in you and you have literally god's presence this is how people can survive and by the way marie julie jahani living for five years that's nothing because there was other mystics who lived for 15 years such as blessed uh Tiaji, such as blessed that, Anna be Amber. that as it may be that as it may w- what i'm about to say tell me if i'm wrong because i want to know so let's just say hypothetical situation guy lives for 75 years lives the most effed up life there is whoring gambling mm-hmm. uh you know taking money being screwing people over and then at the very end he dies and when he dies after living a horrendous life of what would what christians would call sin he repents truly and he's led into the gates well, I mean, he would probably spend an awful lot of time in purgatory. If you remember, as Catholics, we believe in that place called purgatory, the intermediary, intermediary period uh, place between heaven and hell. Uh, but yeah, he would save his soul. Absolutely. And then conversely, you could have lived, you could be a saint your whole life, 70, 70 years of, you know, very little sinning or avoiding mortal sin. And then uh, in the final few moments, slip up and, you know, act, you know, murder someone illicitly or something and then, you know, get hit by a car or something and die and go to hell. So God is a vengeful God, not a loving God, a vengeful God. In what sense? Well, like you just said. In what sense? You spend your whole life being not a sinner, and then at the end, you go to hell. That was, that was God's fault that you, you killed someone? You, you, God imposed that on you? You went out and you killed wait, someone? Wait, wait, wait. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Who killed I'm, who? I'm talking about the very last second. If someone uh, you know, commits a mortal sin, and there's, there's various you know, different types of moral sin, but let's just say kill someone. Right. Right. And your, your response is, well, that's God's fault. He's vengeful. He's, he's, oh, no, no, I never said that. No, I think everything that takes place on earth by every single person is their own doing. Everybody needs to take responsibility for what they do on this planet and not blame anybody else except for themselves. Whatever you do on this planet is your own doing. No God or devil ever twisted my arm when I stuck a needle in it. So what is your what what do you, you what what is the context of your meaning of a vengeful God? Because in a certain sense, God is a vengeful God. By the way, this oh, is no why, doubt. This no is this doubt. is why Based during the what three I've days, read all my life, yeah, this, God is vengeful. This is why during the three days of darkness, because most people wouldn't wouldn't turn back to God and wouldn't embrace truth. This is why, unfortunately, in order for a, a restart to happen for the church. Three fourths of the world go away, but it's it's not God's fault. People just didn't want people didn't want to listen for years and years. They kept turning their heads, saying, "No, we'll continue to go on, you know, our own path. We'll follow whatever they're fine, you know, whatever their, uh, you know, religious structure is or their ideological system." And at a certain point, it's sort of like you know, if you're in a in, in a in a marriage relationship and you keep cheating on your wife repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly, you don't think you don't think your your wife is going to turn to you with a little bit of vengeance. Depends on what wife you had. <laughs> get, 
get your crap together, that's right. buddy. That's that's what your wife would say. Get your crap together. <laughs> it's no different with God. God is a jealous God. It's in Scripture. I am a jealous God. He wants your he wants your attention twenty four seven. If you don't, if you're not giving it to him, if you constantly keep uh, stabbing him in the back, so to speak. Better believe there's going to be some vengeance in what we call, you know, a chastisement. But again, it's it works hand in hand because God is both just and he is both loving. I mean, God can work good out of the evils that he's allowing. God isn't evil, but he's allowing evils in our time in order to bring back people to him. So God, like, um, say, for example, during this lockdown, right? right? People are looking at all the negatives. I see the positives. People now can sit back. They can self-reflect. They can spend time more in prayer. They can get away from the world, slow down their life a little bit. There's a lot of positives to this lockdown. So, you know, and, and again, I think this is one of the last ditch efforts of God to get people like, hey, I, I better start correcting my life before the worst coming. Because on a Catholic prophecy timeline, we haven't seen anything yet. Uh, I, I would say, I know Michael said he like we, we've been through this show before. I, I would dare argue two or three years from now, you'll at least be on the fence. And you'll probably even agree with me because what's going to happen over the next two or three years is going to be far worse than what's happened in the previous two years. God the first, what's going to happen, um, happen over the next two or three years that we haven't seen already? Right. We're going to see a massive uh, economic collapse. You're going to see worldwide uh, famines. You're going to see worldwide persecution uh, of Christians. Which is going to be uh, pale in comparison to uh, the Roman times, meaning all the uh, the tradition of the church states that you could put all the centuries of Christian persecution up against the Antichrist one, and the Antichrist one will, you know, during the reign of the Antichrist, he'll kill more people in his short period of time than you than okay. all the previous generations. So that okay, that'll real be real quick. Real quick, sir, if if you can just one, one more time. What was the name of this guy? Mart Martria Matria Maitreya. His, yeah, that's his esoteric name. Again, we I don't know. What so his hang, name. hang on, hang on, hang on. So because uh, I am so curious, I want to see who this guy is. Please tell me what the website is again and what his name is. Spell it out for me, please. M a i t r e y a. And again, he's going to be an uber socialist. Uh, he is going to be the guy that's going to, you know, feed everyone. He's going to clothe everyone. He's going to vaccinate everyone. He's going to come off as the good guy. But then after a certain period of time, he quits playing the nice guy routine. And then he's like, eventually you'll bow down and worship my image. By the way, there's going to be an image going up, which is going to be a Maitreya Buddha statue, which are already popping up in some Christian churches. Again, I've got a worldwide apostle. And okay, hold on. Me. Hold on. I got another question for you. Who is this guy and where did he come from? What do you mean? Who, the, who is he Maitreya. and where did he come from? Yeah, Maitreya, I, I've said he's, he's going to be the Antichrist. But, but where did he come from? There, there are different – there are different theories as to where he originally was born, uh, Persia, maybe Middle East, uh, in terms of where they say he is now. They say he's in London right now. So uh, he's a real person or is he? Oh, no, yeah, he's in the he's in the flesh. Uh, but again, this is above my pay grade with he's got apparently in accordance with Catholic tradition, he's perfectly possessed by Lucifer. So he's able to kind of move to and fro sort of like in Dr. Strange fashion. Like so it, it, let's just say for for just for argument's sake, let's just say. This guy, Matria, is possessed, as you said, by the devil, and he's willing to help people by giving them food and clothing them and taking care of them, those who are sick. Are you telling me that nobody should go to this guy if he's willing to help them and die? No, no because he's going to uh, uh, eventually demand his worship that he is the god. The, the god. Like he's, is, is he, he, a, he is the Is Christ. he a billionaire? No, no, not necessarily. He just has – it's sort of hard to explain, but he just sort of has 
his satellites or his minions kind of bidding his business. Like all your world leaders right now, I do believe know who he is. And, and I'll, I'll just give you an evidence. I've, I've never there, heard of this guy before, but I'm dying to find out who he is. Yeah, when everyone gives that AOK hand sign, the world leaders like Trump, you know, he gives that like AOK hand sign, like the the the, the right. thumbs up. Yes. No, not the thumbs up. The, the, it's a six 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 hand sign. When you go to a Maitreya Buddha statue, go ahead and take a look at that and tell me what you see there. It's the same it's the same hand sign as the Maitreya Buddha statue. Those statues are going to go up in Christian churches, uh, and he's going to demand worship. He's going to say, I am the Christ. You have to bow down before me. If you want to eat, if you want to drink, if you want to sleep, if you want your UBI check, you have to say that I am God. You have to worship our God. And, and if you don't, ultimately what you're saying is I'd rather die? As, as a Christian to die for Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate, I mean, that's wow. the ultimate thing as a martyr. Yeah. Martyrs go straight to heaven. No purgatory oh, time. It's a straight I'd rather path. live. Well, that, that would, I would say that speaks to self-love, which is the antithesis of Christian. No, I'm not in about myself. I'd just rather live. I mean, I, I just don't see how anybody could. Why would you? Well, but you're not Christian though, but you, you, you if you're not I was, Christian. I was born and raised Roman Catholic up until about Ooh, maybe 20 years ago when I had the last fourth bout with cancer. Yeah, but you're, you're not it now. I mean, no, you're, I'm you're not. Yeah, so that's my whole point. I mean, you're either living for Christ or yourself. You're, you're saying I'm living, I'm living for myself. That's not necessarily. I, I didn't say that. What I said is I'd rather live. I didn't say I'd rather live for myself. I, I, I would just, I just find it odd that to turn down somebody who's offering to help the sick, the needy, uh, whoever might need help in in a uh, uh, times of this so-called apocalypse, this apocalyptic time, I, I just find it hard to to refuse the opportunity to be helped. It sounds like Jesus if, if Christ someone, trying if, to help. If some, if, listen, if somebody was on the street, let's just say another hypothetical situation. This guy, uh, Matria, walking down the street, he's in Ethiopia, and there's a starving child, naked, starving child who's ridden with disease, and he offers this child food and water and clothing. I I just don't see how it, it could instantaneously be a bad thing. If you know what I'm saying? If he's demanding to be worshipped as God, certainly it's a bad thing from a Christian perspective because it, 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 it violates uh, the commandments of God. He says, you, so, you shall have so no who, other gods before me. If you, if who's, you say, saying, who's saying that this guy is an antichrist? Who is, is what's he, the, What is the, the proof that this man is the antichrist? Proof that he's the Antichrist? Well, that's that's a whole other topic for a whole other show. But let's he, go there. Let's go you, there. Well, I don't I don't have too much time. More time. I thought we were only going to ten o'clock today. And quite honestly, my phone's blowing oh, I'm up sorry. left and right. Um, yeah, if we would have started a little bit earlier, I could have gotten through this. Um, but yeah, I mean, he when, when you go back and I take a look at early tradition, it says okay, the Antichrist will be you know A, B, C, D, and E. And what I typically do with these people who say you know Trump is the Antichrist or this person is, you always go down the the, the train tracks and you see. One area where, OK, he doesn't line up as the Antichrist. And I'll just give you one, one of the, the major things that's on Matreya's page uh, that is a clear sign is that he's going to be he's going to he's going to be the one to facilitate the Middle East peace. It's not going to be Trump. It's not going to be Kushner. He's going to step into the scene here probably over the next two or three years and say, I have this particular peace plan, which ultimately is socialist, by the way. And it's going to work. Magically, it's going to work. Uh, anyone who knows uh, the hour that we live in the mainstream media is. Controlled by uh, the group, which I probably can't name uh, here publicly, uh, <laughs> lest lest you be pulled down. Um, but there's yeah, there's different there's different um, signs to, to demonstrate that he is the one. Uh, and I'll give you one story, uh, which is kind of interesting. There was this lady, uh, Kathleen Keating, who actually wrote books on him. She was a Catholic radio show host, 
And uh, I didn't necessarily agree with everything she had to say. Uh, but one night, after doing like a lot of research on her, writing many books, she was out in the Midwest somewhere. Uh, she was awoken in the middle of the night, you know, 2, 3 a.m. or whatnot. Her dog was barking uh, off its head. Backyard, uh, something must have been out there. So she goes to take a look, and there's someone pacing in her backyard, just back and forth, left and right. And keeping this in mind, I never met Kathleen Keating. Uh, I didn't take her to be a whack job at all. She appeared on Coast to Coast many times. She was friends with Father Malachi Martin, Art Bell, uh, you know, George Nori, kind of all those guys. And uh, so, I don't, you know, I, I have no indication that she would be lying. Uh, so sure enough, she, she's freaking out, like just like anyone else. And she opens up the door real quick and says, you know, hi, can I help you? And when, when, when the character turned to face her, she re- immediately recognized him as Maitreya. And she freaked out, got the dog real quick, slammed the door. By the time she went to, you know, uh, you know, grab, grab her phone and call the cops or whatnot, she went and looked back out in the backyard. And, and, and keep in mind, her backyard was like really huge and open, gone, wasn't there anymore. Now, sound, you could say, okay, yeah, that's yeah, whatever, Eric. But keep in mind, she dropped off of the scene. She stopped doing her radio show. She stopped writing books. She was fearful for her lives. And I have a friend who actually knows where she lives. She moved completely to a different part of the state. So she like, she could feel safe, I guess, or feel comfortable. Never to be heard of uh, heard from uh, anymore. So, again, I, I think this is a story to where, you know, the, this guy, he's got powers to where he can kind of move to and fro. He has a sort of pseudo immortality. It even says so on his website. He says, I'm not concerned about anyone trying to kill me because, you know, no, you know, basically no human can kill me. And by the way, uh, from Catholic tradition, St. Michael, we could see what my 45 does to him. (laughs) St. Michael actually, um, when he tries to ascend because the Antichrist is going to do everything, he's going to try to do everything that Jesus Christ does. He's going to try to ascend to heaven just like Jesus ascended. Right. Uh, and he's going to be struck down uh, by St. Michael and the whole, the whole world will see this. It'll be a complete embarrassment. Uh, to the Antichrist, um, but th- there's so many. I mean, like I said, it would it would be a whole other hour show for me to right, get through. Right. You know all the all the all the signs. But um, again, uh, economic collapse. He says shortly after the economic collapse, he's going to appear on United States TV. And I have uh, like on the most uh, reputable economists, and they all we all think it's imminent now. Uh, you know, listen, I've got a master's degree in business. I don't follow it as close to some of my guests like Daniel Martino or the Gerald Salentes, but it could very well be this August or, or September. If it does happen, according to my timeline, I think you'll see this guy show up on TV and he's going to pitch his wonderful socialist programs and he's going to come off as the good guy, get everyone kind of warmed up to him. And then that's when he pulls the rug you know, out beneath our feet. You know who I think is the Antichrist? Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie Sanders? My goodness. He's a socialist bastard. <laughs> Colonel Sanders, yeah. No, he's, he's too old. He's too old in uh, Biden. He's, he's got too much uh, dementia. But, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to see. Like I said, I mean, I've been doing shows now for a year, and, and I try to keep people ahead of storm, like, what the next agendas are. So, like, with this whole economic collapse thing coming, uh, the basic plan is this. They're, they're trying to get everyone sucked up to – the whole, you know, let's let's embrace this twelve hundred dollar check coming, and then again, someone like Mike will argue, well, yeah, let, let's take it or whatnot. And hey, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, right now, there, there's no big deal. But you have to realize what the next step is after that. What, what, you know, what? Who's behind the curtain, so to speak? They're going to get everyone tuned, uh, warmed up to the, the socialist UBI program, and then that next step comes in. All you got to do now is take the microchip, and we'll continue to give your $1,200. You just got to take the mark. You just got to bow down before Matrey and say, he is God. Lucifer is God. And you can keep getting your checks. And, I thought he uh, was a Buddhist. 
No, his his religion is the religion of self. He'll take anyone from. Oh, I see. Yeah, his religion is, is is self. When you go over there and you check it out, just you know punch that in. You could even probably type it into Google. Mm-hmm. Type in like Maitreya religion of self, and you'll get. Yeah, you'll I get already what did. You, yeah, you'll you'll get how you believe. So again, that's the antithesis of Christianity because Jesus said, "Deny thyself." The Antichrist will say, "Embrace thyself." He'll preach self-esteem, which is the complete antithesis to the Christian walk. Again, this is why we call him Antichrist. He's the complete I flip understand side of the that. coin. I, I'm I'm beginning to see the light as it would be. <laughs> right on. And Eric, I must ask you before we let you go here, uh, I wanted your take on 5G really quickly here. Can you sum it up for us? What do you see in the future? Or did we lose Eric already? I don't know. He kind of like dropped out as soon as uh, I made that comment about seeing the light. Maybe he saw the light. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> you never know. He might have seen the light. I think, you know, I'm still seeing him up here. Uh, I'm seeing him on the screen. Maybe he dropped off. We'd, yeah, but if he dropped off, we wouldn't see his icon, right? Oh, no, you would actually. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him, dude. I don't know either. Maybe he had a time limit and it's, it's just <laughs> shut off completely. <laughs> well, what happened? Oh, now, just now he's gone. Gone, yeah. And that he, was, he must have gotten. And now is Eric Gajewski, not- ladies and gentlemen. Mm. There he maybe goes. He, maybe he'll back. I don't know. I think it was 5G. <laughs> the 5G got him. It was the 5G question. It just uh... is the 5G that stumped him. <laughs> oh well. Wow. He was already gonna get off anyways. Oh, and there, there he's, he's back. There he Eric. Is. What? He's oh, and he's he's, he's gone. You lost you, Eric. <laughs> he was back and then he left. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he's a he's a tease. It's gotta be. Uh, uh, what problem? Yeah, problems yeah. on his end. No worries, no worries. Um, well, you know, doesn't matter. He was already going to get off. That was uh, Eric Kajuski, ladies and gentlemen. A great guest, really. And listening to that, you know, he really did make it seem like God was a very bitter ex-jealous girlfriend. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that that's what... You know, Catholicism has always really said uh, it, God is a loving God, but God is a jealous God, and He is a vengeful God, according to very needy. Um, you know, all these all these things sounded like a ex girlfriend of mine. <laughs> Not even joking. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, see, I don't know. I mean, I, I was I, I was doing my best to be polite and and respectful. I didn't want to insult the man. This is what he believes. That's you know? what he believes. And you 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 can't change this. You can't. Um, I have tried. You can't. And, and when I've talked to and tried to debate um, those in deeply involved in religion, you really can't get past the blind faith. You cannot. You really can't. There's yeah. no. I knew he was right, going to bring no, that up, by the way. I knew he was going to say faith. It's, you know, I, I try to make it a habit of believing things I could prove. But and, that's and just right. me. And, and but that's, that's just me. I could it, be it, wrong. It, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's that's what I am. And I'm, I'm a man of science and I, I need to be. I need to be proven that what you're saying is legitimate and logical. And if it can't be, I can't accept that. That's why I have such a hard time with blind faith. Um, well, so do I. But and and yeah, rightfully so. It, it's it, you just cannot you cannot debate a person who you know believes so firmly in their God because of what they believe in. That that's just it, it's that's it. Period. Nothing more to be said. That's it. Well, faith is the absence of evidence. Indeed. Well, well put. Yeah. Just to sum it up really quickly, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the Catholic Church and 
how everyone wants the church to get back into a business, a business here. And it's hard to knowing that they shielded serial child molesters and just move them around and, and put them at a new post. I mean, it's, it's really well, hard I, to back up any church, really. I think that's his thing, though, because he's he said he's ag- against a lot of what – which is kind of confusing because he, if he's against a lot of what's being said in the Catholic Church, well – Well, God he, works he, in a very mysterious way, Mike. This is just another indeed. example of that, you know? And I think we should have Maitreya on the show. We, we need to get Maitreya here. <laughs> Yeah, hell of a show. And if he gives me $1,200 a week, I'll be worshiping his ass. Let me tell you. Like Jackie Chan. Lucifer or not. <laughs> That's right. I agree, though. And But I do thank Eric Gajewski for being a part of the program. It was Absolutely. always fun thank to you, talk. Eric. Yeah, thank you to Eric very much for coming in here and giving us the rundown on his beliefs. And, you know, it's always interesting when I ask someone, why do you believe in God? And, of course, I don't really get much of an answer. Every time, every time breaks my heart. So it's so deep, Michael. It's so deep and it's the, you know, again, the blind faith and it's such a deep thing for them that it's very hard for them to put forth an answer because there really is no answer. It's blind faith. That's it. You know, it, it, oh man, I, you know, again, I'm trying to be respectful. I'm not trying to insult the guy. I have nothing against him. We're only trying to help Mike. Right. We're only trying to help. (laughs) That's all we're doing here. Good, good faith as opposed to blind faith. All right. Well, I, I am definitely going to check out this mate, my, me, I my Treya, my Treya, my Treya. There you go. My Treya. There you okay. go. You're getting it. <laughs> my Treya. Now, you know, it's starting to remind me the, the, the bass player, a chick from the band Christian Death used Christian to be named my Treya and probably still is. You know, Mike, um, we didn't even I, get to uh, talk about. Another guy, Kenneth Copeland, uh, another he? another fun personality out there. We we never got a chance to talk about him, and it's Who too he? bad. He's well, he's um a very very interesting gentleman, by the way. Can I look him up? Oh, of course, look him up I right will. now. He's a Christian pastor. Okay. Yes, he's a Christian pastor, like many of them out there are that have um, lately been pushing out being able to cure the coronavirus. And hmm. Kenneth Copeland, he's another one who's been out there. And actually, I have audio of him. Um, I'm going to play that for you, Mike. Yeah. Okay. Put your hand on that television set. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He received your healing. Yes. Can you say it? Slower. I take it. I take it. I have it. I have it. It's mine. It's, it's mine. mine. I thank you and praise you for it. Yes. And I forgive if I have aught against any. And I praise you that I'm well and whole. I praise you that I'm well and whole. According to the word of God. According to the word of God. I'm healed. Yes. And I consider not my own body. Yes. Yes. I consider not symptoms in my body. Are you feeling healed yet? No, I'm I'm feeling a a little sick to my stomach. It's not over. I, yet, I hate I hate those people. It's not over. Here we go. 
Consider not symptoms in my But only that which God has promised. Only that only which, that God, which God, has. God has Only that what the Word has said. Only that, that what the Word has And by His stripes I was healed. And by His stripes I am healed now. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed and the devil's trying to give me the flu. Right. Or whatever else kind of thing he's <laughs> trying to give him the flu. Uh, <laughs> healed and well. Yes. In the sweet name, name of Jesus. Of Jesus. Sweet name of Jesus. Sweet Jesus Christ, indeed. And uh, Kenneth Copeland calling the coronavirus a very weak strain of flu. That's, That's what he great. was uh, saying, yes. Copeland, look him up. Uh, a great man. And that was him curing the coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen. All you had to do was put your hand on your monitor and the coronavirus would be gone. Thanks to Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, wow. the Son of God. See, you know what really blows my mind about a lot of these people um, is that hallelujah. They sorry that too. <laughs> I, I felt the amen. I felt, amen, the, brother, I amen. felt the spirit of Christ in me. Sorry, hit you. I really did. Well, let me tell you the the thing that really blows my mind is how they they sort of disregard science in in many ways for for the longest time uh, in the dark ages, particularly. Alchemists who eventually became scientists were regarded as tools of the devil, um, you know, and that mankind should put more faith into God and less faith into fact and science, um, you know, whereas science proves and religion does not. Don't you put that science on me. Don't you put that devil <laughs> too, science on me, Mike. Too late, brother. That, that devilish science of yours. <laughs> you son of a bitch, yeah, I Mike. I, <laughs> that's what I am. Um, geez, a good thing I, I didn't even mention me being like, you know, my belief. <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't say you were a Satanist. <laughs> Look, man, I, I, I tried probably hung up on you. To, to say again. I said he probably would have hung up on you. I, I was fearing that. That's why I didn't say it. You know, and I, I, I'm, I'm always fearful of that, discussing it with a, a, a religious person because – I think a lot of times they won't, they won't, they're not going to understand it, number one, because it's completely against what they believe in. And here's the thing about me. I was born and raised Roman Catholic. That's okay? true. That, that's what I was up until 20 some years ago, about 20, about 25 years ago. I, 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 I didn't quite follow God. I didn't quite. You know, I didn't go to church or anything like that, but I was searching. I was searching for God. As I said, I had cancer multiple times, went through it. And the thing is, I always tried to find God, but I never could find him. Then I started understanding, you know, I started reading everything from books on, on the Catholic religion, uh, to the Old Testament, to, uh, eventually to the occult and Satanism. And, and, and I, it, it seems to me, now, let me be perfectly clear. Go ahead. I don't think there is a, uh, a form like some devil guy with a tail, a pointed tail and a pitchfork and red skin and horns and a, and a cool goatee. Cause if there is, I would definitely worship that guy. But it, 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 <laughs> Satanism, right. Satanism is a frame of mind. It's a, it's a way of understanding things the way they are. And as I said before, taking full responsibility for what you do on this planet. Not, not blame. When something goes wrong, what's the first thing that religious people do is they blame the devil. They blame the devil. Okay. I, but yeah, I don't see anybody blaming God when 
uh, a, a child gets sick yeah, when or kid, an elderly. When gets, their kid gets cancer, I've never heard anyone blame God. Exactly. Which is where I, I fell into after having cancer as many times as I did. I got really pissed off. What kind of God does it to me? And he could say, you know, with all due respect to Eric, he could say all he wants about me being a sinner. I haven't sinned. I've done nothing that no one else has done. And I haven't hurt anybody by what I've done. Yeah, I don't think you've killed anyone or enslaved anyone, but that's just, you no, know, I have, my opinion. I, I've not of, I've not done any of the seven, uh, seven deadly sins. I, I mean, I have, but I haven't done them to hurt anybody. And I haven't killed anyone either. You never I'd sold like anyone, to. right? I never what? You've never sold anyone either, right? Uh oh, did I lose you now, Mike? And now I lost Mike. And there he goes. His computer might have um turned off on him. That's what happened last time. Uh we talked, myself and Mr. Mike Hideous. It seems like he's gone. And yes, I agree, Lilith. You're a good man, Mike. I agree. Mike is a good man, and it is troubling that he had cancer as many times as he did was that a sign that god hated mike maybe maybe he was trying to teach you a lesson mike you never know and uh, well it is that time to go on a break regardless i thought he signed back on and he didn't well we're gonna go on a break anyways and when we return ladies and gentlemen round two is next don't go anywhere stay tuned i didn't want to party anymore I didn't want to play games anymore. I grew up. I'd already been in the fights, all the big rituals. I'd already had probably, a, I hate to brag, so I'm not bragging, it's actually shameful, probably 150 women or more. That's conservative. I'd had over 150 women. I'd already been in fights with full-grown men. I was already dating college girls by the time I was 15 years old. I was already a man. And welcome back, boys and girls, to the second half of the program. Looking at all of you out there. I see you in the chat room. God loves ugly, no doubt. Now let's bring in Mr. Mike Hideous. Mike, what's going on? Are you finally alive out there? Mr. Deacon. How you doing? All right. How are you? I'm good. I can't complain. I now believe in God after that break. Do you? Yeah, I've converted. I don't. You weren't, you didn't get converted after that. I haven't been converted for a long time, my friend. That breaks my heart. You know, but, but it, it it was true. What I said earlier in the in the interview was I I did search for God for a very long period of my life, and I tried the to bird. do the right. Yeah, yeah, the bird. That's one of them. Right. Um, but I I never you know I searched and I searched and I tried to find God, and I never really found Him. You didn't find God. I didn't. And and considering all the near death experiences I had with cancer, among other things, um. You know, you would think that I might have had this glorious uh, uh, vision uh, and said, oh, goodness, you know, I found God after my drug-induced state or my half, uh, you know, my, my situation with cancer and my near-death experiences. But I never did. I never did. That's true. And um, during the first segment there, we were talking and you dropped out. Your computer must have restarted or something. But when you went out. I was saying maybe God was punishing you, Mike, or testing your faith. What do you got to say about that? Uh, what do I got to say about that? I can only say that science will prevail, and there is a logical explanation for my stupid computer shutting <laughs> off. I hear you, man. No worries, no worries. Uh, I'm just glad you're back with us here. And of course, Mike, during the intro, I don't think you you are able to hear what I'm what I'm saying here. 
No. In the intro, I was teasing that we had some audio clips to play and also audio from the uh, Joe Biden accuser. We have audio from that. Some woman has been accusing him. Tara Reid. For many, yeah, many she's years. Suing, right. Yeah, she's suing him for sexual harassment, right? Correct. And we got audio of that to play in a moment Interesting. here. Interesting. Yeah, it's... If it's true, we have a bombshell in our hands, as they say. If it's true. And you know what? Yeah, if it's true, that's the thing. You know what? There, it's funny because every time we have an election now, there's always someone something out like there. This. Who's a, there's always something where a woman is at jumping up to, you know, say, hey, there's been some sexual uh, uh, circumstances that have taken place and I'm accusing this candidate of doing such. Now, I'm not denying it. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying it's rather odd that it always seems to happen during some type of an election of some sort. Right. For sure. For sure. And for those who weren't here during the first half of the program, we talked to Eric Ajewski and we had a nice chat. I was enjoying it quite, quite uh, pleasantly, to be honest with you, Mike. I was enjoying it. I always like when we bring in someone that's completely different from uh, each of us. I am an atheist. You are a Satanist. And <laughs> Eric is a Catholic. So, I mean, it's bound to be interesting. Absolutely. And I, I agree 100% with you. And as I've already spoken to you uh, off the air, I tried my very, very best to be polite and, and respectful. I'm not out to, to make this man, you know, I'm not trying to put him down or, or put him on the spot in any right, way. Right. It's just, you know, my, my opinions against his and, you know, yours as well. So um, nothing personal against the guy. You know, I'm of up course for debate. Not. Yeah. It's always open season here. As soon as that red light comes on. Right. Everything I mean, is, I don't want to, I don't want us to think go. that, you know, future, future, uh, guests need to be cautious coming on your show. Because no, not at all. Your show is, your show rocks, you know, your show rocks. So it's, it's just about difference of opinion and being able to debate them respectfully. Well, if you're going to talk about something, you have to be backed by the facts. Precisely. You got to come in hard, especially here. I agree with you 100%. That's just, that's just the way we got to do it, Mike. And, you know, there's been people that agreed to come on and then they dropped off because they thought they would be getting into a, a bit of a debate. And I I said, well, you kind of, a little bit, maybe, you might get poked a yeah. little here. Yeah, and you know what? If you've got your faculties about you and you've got your your facts, then, then yeah, come on the show. Debate. Debate whatever you can. Because if you believe in something, you should have something solid that should should be able to back you up and and allow you to stand your ground on what you believe in. That's why what I say when I when I believe in 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 uh, when I believe in modern Satanism, what I'm saying is, um, yeah, we are against the Christian Catholic religion. Uh, well, I shouldn't say Catholic in itself, Christian. Period. Any religion we're against because we don't believe in blind faith. We believe in science. And we also believe that what you do on this planet while you're here is your own doing and you take responsibility for that. You don't, you don't blame somebody else when something goes wrong. Like you don't say, oh, well, you know, we've had this disease, uh, the coronavirus, it was sent up by the devil. And, you know, the uh, devil. and then when something goes right, we, and then we, when something goes right, we praise God. No, no. Our time on here is, is, is determined by two things. Our own actions. And Mother Nature. Pretty much, it's as simple as that. And if oh, you're going to start saying, well, you know, Mother Nature is created by God. 
I'm sorry, I got to disagree with you on that too. So you're not a fan of uh, Kenneth Copeland then? I don't know. I got to look him up. Um, I, I wrote his name down and I'm going to look him up later on, probably tomorrow. But uh, I'm going to look him up and uh, Maitreya. 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 <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. It's, it. Lu- it's Lucifer. I should just call him because he is the Antichrist. Just call him Satan. <laughs> Satan, right. He is the Antichrist. The morning star. Yep. I usually, whenever I'm referring to the, the devil, so to speak, I always refer to him as Lucifer. Uh, just a, a prettier name. That's my other uh, <laughs> nickname, by the way. They call me the Angel of Light. Really? No. No. <laughs> it sounds good, though. It does. Yeah, it I does. just went for that. You know, it sounded cool. But I'm sure it's yep, not I, for some. Well, depends on who you talk to, Michael. That's true. So, Mike, how are you enjoying being sequestered from the rest of the world? Well, as I'm... And as soon as I asked that, Mike dropped off. Just like that. Yeah. There we go. Poor internet connection. How bizarre. But yes, now we're finding out that Mike had a bad internet connection. My goodness. Just when the conversation was getting juicy, and yes, he just sent me a text right now confirming my fears. His internet just dropped off. It must have been digital Satan, as my friend Leo Zagami likes to put it. That damn digital Satan at it again. But don't worry. We will just talk me and you if Mike is nowhere to be found. And of course, that number is on that screen. If you do want to call in, please feel free to do so. That number is 760-332-8724. You see it on your screen. Don't worry. You can call in whenever you'd like. But let me try to bring in Mr. Mike Hideous just one more time here. Hopefully he answers. If not, Mike, are you, here. you're here now. What happened? Goddamn computer, man. I fucking hate electronics it was satan it was satan digital satan yeah my apologies man I- i'm sorry that's all right i was just saying if anybody wants to call in the number is on the screen go ahead we have lots to discuss mike don't worry and even if you did take off there's still a lot to uh, talk about here i could even call the bird your bird mike <laughs> i'll talk to him that's my the one whistling right now is my little yoda little yoda little yoda you're going to have to put him on the phone. Uh, <laughs> oh, brother. So anyway. Anyways, uh, let's continue. But regardless, I'm glad you are back with us. And I do hope you enjoyed that break. I always do enjoy the break hearing uh, the music. Sometimes I get lost in the music myself, to be honest. Absolutely. Good music. Word. Now, again, Mike, I've been having fun being sequestered through the end times, as they say. I've been enjoying this, to be honest. Uh, I haven't really been having a bad time. I've been enjoying staying away from the rest of the world, to be honest. Yeah. It's all good. I, I've, I've just been focusing on doing my painting, um, working on my painting that I, I've been, I started uh, about two months ago and, uh, watching a lot of Netflix. A lot of Netflix, for sure. And you still haven't seen Joe Exotic yet, right? Oh, I, I watched the first episode. Um, finally. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, based on what you told me yesterday, hell yeah. Uh, I I watched the first episode this afternoon, um, and uh, you know, being an animal lover that I am, it, it's 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 sad when I watch the show. It's you got sad. sad. Because I, I did because I feel sorry for all those animals. Uh, you know, right? They they're being exploited in captivity, and when they're in um, when they're in the wild, you know, they're hunted. So you know. Maybe we should have this virus. Maybe it should take out a lot of people and 
maybe we'll go back to the beginning again. Well, Darwin is proving himself to be true yet again. We are Absolutely. Having, we are having lots of uh, dipshits fall off. Yep. And how many times has that guy been ridiculed by religion, by oh, religious people? Plenty. Yeah. Plenty of times. But yes, um, it's interesting that we've been all sort of enjoying this or not enjoying this in, in our own rights. And of course, I've been watching lots of celebrities out there lose their minds as well. Most specifically, <laughs> most specifically, Mike, I've been keeping an eye on uh, Madonna, of all people. Oh, what, what is she doing? She's been really just balls to the walls, uh, creepy as all hell. <laughs> and I don't think she even, is, too. <laughs> I don't think you've seen a recent photo of her. I haven't. She's gotten hard. It's um, I don't know what to make of it, but I do have a photograph of her up now in the chat room and I'm looking at her and she definitely has had lots of um, facial surgery. I could, I could tell right now. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to judge her and I don't mean to beat up on her. I do like Madonna, but I'm looking at her and yeah, I mean, she's earned her stripes. I mean, Oh yeah. She's been, you know, a good talented singer for a long time. I can't hate on her for that, but I have been enjoying her going batshit crazy as she is. But I don't know what, what that is. What is she is. saying? Why is she going bat, bat shit crazy? Okay, I want to well, know why. Okay, well, I'm glad that you asked. <laughs> I'm glad that you asked. And she really does seem like she's losing it. And I do have audio here of her singing in her bathtub that she took on Instagram. But what I'm showing right now is her in the bathtub. But the singing part, she's just like bouncing around. And let me just let me play that audio for you. Please. All righty. Come on, go. Let's go eat some fried fish, fried fish. Come on, road, I mean go. Let's go eat some fried fish, fried fish. This is no more pasta, oh no. We're gonna eat some fried fish, fried fish. So she's singing about eating fried fish, of all things, and... <laughs> I don't understand what's going on, really. It's, it's really strange. You got to watch it yourself and just enjoy the madness that's happening the madness. before your eyes. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Well, it, it reads you know living in special times. It's 3 a.m. and it says line, line, line. Rather cut me some slack, people. Three fishes and hashtag and quarantine hashtag and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, she's, um, it looks like she's losing her mind even more, Mike. <laughs> Good times, right? Is she still speaking with a British accent? <laughs> you know, I don't know if she still is, but I do know that Britney Spears was doing that as well. Was she? Oh, well, she's, yeah, she's, she's uh, I don't know what happened, but these people Brittany. definitely, uh, they definitely are losing their shit. <laughs> How old is she? She's like 60 something, right? She's gotta be, I mean, she must be pushing hmm. that. She's gotta be. Um, Let me look that up I'm real not, quick. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but I do know she's probably up there. And, you know, what I said before about her looking hard. 61. She, she's 61. Isn't she like a, like she's into weightlifting or, or real hard exercise? Because she's got those those massive arm muscles. I'm biceps? really turned off by that. She's got big biceps? Yeah, I think so. Um, uh I'm not into really muscly women. Uh, it's just something that never really attracted me. But well, I, think I mean, me I, don't get me wrong. Me I appreciate a fit. Of, <laughs> say again. Me and you both. 
I mean, I like a fit woman. Don't get me wrong. I, 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 I think that's really good when when a woman can take care of her body, and and for a guy as well, you know, take care of your body and look good, and you know the way you're meant to look, right, uh, right. instead of having like you know cheese guts and and so on. Um, but she she was just a little bit too muscular for me after a while. I, I think she really she went crazy with the uh, with the workout. Yeah, she went overboard. But now there's another photograph here, and this time she is in her bathtub, and you can't really see what's going on down there, Mike, obviously, but you know she's covered up, and this one looks more um bad if you if you see this yourself the the face I don't know what that is it's like an alien hmm yes it's, i'm keeping i'm I'm only sticking to Skype on one at my screen because if I pull up yeah don't go anywhere YouTube, yeah don't do yeah, it, if Mike. I pull up another app um it's gonna it might shut me down so yes and of course I do have one more clip of her and this time she's talking about covid 19 let's roll that audio that's the thing about covid 19 it doesn't care about how rich you are how famous you are how funny you are, how smart you are, where you live, how old you are, what amazing stories you can tell. It's the great equalizer. And what's terrible about it is what's great about it. What's terrible about it is it's made us all equal in many ways. And what's wonderful about it is that it's made us all equal in many ways. <laughs> like I used to say, at the end of human nature, every night we're all in the same boat. And if the ship goes down, we're all going down together. Yeah, and that was the audio there, Mike. Well, you know what? <laughs> I heard going to say that. You know what? I, somebody just sent me the picture. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, just sent uh, me the picture of her in the bathtub. So I'm looking at it. Uh, you know what? What she was saying, no different than leukemia, cancer, uh, uh, the common cold. We're all equal when it comes to disease and, you know, physical ailments. Uh, you know, no kidding. Really? Right, right, right. I knew that. Yes. And before we even lose this caller, let, let's take this call really quickly. Caller, you are live on the air. What's going on? Not much. How are you doing? I'm good, my friend. How are you? Where are you calling from? I'm from Idaho. Idaho. Very nice. Idaho. What, yes. What's going on, buddy? How how you doing out there? Everything's great. Very nice. Good. People are still buying like all the disinfectants and like no, there's no toilet paper on the shelves. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I actually I mean, wanted it, to hear Mike take part take apart that guy that you had on previously. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> no, that oh, come on, now. I, didn't, I didn't take him apart. I was being nice. He hung up because he knew for a fact he was like well and over his head easily. Hey, well, he you kind of so? he seemed a little bothered. Yeah, he's low really? IQ. Little low IQ. Oh my! <laughs> no, wow. you can easily easily see it. Oh. Well, I'm not going to – I'll leave it at that then. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're okay with that. All righty. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for that compliment, I suppose. Bath. All right. So why is it that somebody actually, like, makes a salt bath for a woman who has not had facial work that is not an evident facial work operation? 
So obviously you've seen. She looks like she's twenty. She looks like she's twenty. Obviously you've seen the videos and audio of her, right? Oh yes, yes. Okay, you, you're yes. all. Yeah. What do you make wow. of all this shit? <laughs> I think that actually that she has lost her mind because whatever the hell she's doing um, to make herself grow young has caused her to go ahead and like be even more of a, a psychopath. Yeah, I mean, I could see it right now. She looks like some sort of um tiger with that face. Yeah, she definitely got yeah. some serious facial construction. Joe Exotic would want to go out with this with her right here. <laughs> we want to put it in there. I can barely hear. I, no, I'm sorry, I can barely hear Mike. You can hello. Hear Mike. Can you hear me now? Right, so Anybody? It, yep, I, I well, I, I muted the uh, online thing, so I don't have bounce back. Yeah, can you hear him now? Can you hear me now, buddy? I got you now. There we go. All right. Well, you just keep talking. Yeah, Don't worry so should, much about You should me. actually kick ass more on these people that we, that, that, uh, seriously, that guy was absolutely a complete stupid ass. Oh, you my. easily have been able to pick him apart, like, like in a moment. Well, you got to understand, we're not, for, we got to understand, though. You, you got to understand, though, we're, we're not here to go full on debate with some of these individuals. We're only here to sort of, um, uh, poke a, poke a little bit, you know, not, not too rough. Got to play. We got to play nice a little bit. Nicey, nice. There, 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 there are plenty of people that you can actually pull on that want their ass kicked. Well, we could do that. That's true. <laughs> yes. We do have a um, blue chicken cult. Yeah, let's go blue chicken cult. You want to? We want. You want me to take those people <laughs> down? That, that, but that's too easy. No, but this, this is actually stuff that actually is current, and you should do it. Well, because if you, it's actually important. If you want me to take These those are the people down, things that's... that you do when you're young. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That that's why you have support. I hear you. Well, I don't I won't back down from a challenge, that's for sure. That's right. No and we actually take care of these like idiots. All right. Well, I'm down then. If you want me to Yeah, and um, if you actually want other people, I'm telling you, you have plenty of active, actual like real audience that can go ahead and pull up interesting people that you actually want to talk to. Like like my suggestion on Winter uh, like Werner Herzog. There, there are people that are actually very important that you should talk to. And then I, there's other people that you just actually should just disassemble. Well, I'd like the sound of that. Yeah. Just do it. All right. Like Nike. Yeah. The truly, the truly <laughs> you can usually do this. Well, I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm on you, board. You, the truly, you can easily do this. This would be fun. Oh, well, of course. And just like walk through this. Yeah. Seriously, you're in the days of like lockdown. Well, we're only but trying to help here, but yes, yeah, I, I, I'm on board. I'm with that idea. I'm all in. All right. All right. So anyway, otherwise have a good night. And also Mike, sorry about the entire health thing. Oh, thank you, brother. That's very kind of you. No, seriously. There, there's like basically, I, I don't know. I, I don't know many people that actually have had multiple issues that are still at, at like out walking and talking about it. Mike's a, Mike's a savage though. That's the thing. <laughs> well, well yeah. you know what? I, I hope you can hear me all right, but I'll try to make this brief. Yeah, you, I, you I, know, yeah, he could hear you, man. He, you're good. I, I've, I've gone through a substantial amount of, 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 uh, issues concerning my health, uh, with cancer. Um, and, uh, you know, and I appreciate your, your making the comment, you know, uh, you know, that's very nice of you, very kind of you. And I appreciate that. Thank you. But as I've said before, y you just keep going, y you just keep going and that's all you can really do. There's nothing more you can do. I don't blame anybody for it. I don't, I mean, I did tell Eric, you know, that I would, I had searched for God 
countless times after I had been stricken with cancer. The first time I was 16 years old and it, it affected me for, for years. And then I had it again at 21 and then I had it again at 23 and then I had it again at 30 and 32. And so, um, you know, I, I've tried to find answers and I don't blame anybody. It just, it, it's the way life is life. Look, mother nature, all mother, all mother nature wants to do to you is kill you. That's right. That's the, the survival of the fittest. Amen. And that's, how, and that's how we've become such a dominant species because we are intelligent enough to have invented medicine and treatments that keep us alive. And that's why we're pushing out the rest of the species. Also, also that was interesting because the first time you actually talked about that, you were talking about vaccines and you're a pro-vaxxer. Absolutely. I mean, it's science, man. You know, it, 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 there, yeah, sure. There might be some drawbacks here and there. Now, Look, I, I had, I had radiation well, now, therapy now, now multiple there's throwbacks, times. There's throwbacks just fine, like the original uh, vax that they did from polio. I remember as a kid um, talking to, um, oh, I don't know, we had to do like the polio vaccine back in the seventies, and my right. teacher that I had then was um, actually disabled from polio. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I knew a few yeah. people back in in the seventies that were were uh, victims of polio. Yeah, uh, that's old school. Quite, quite amazing because they, you know, they they had us actually walk through the lunchroom and like do the vaccine operation, like the shot in the arm. Right. And I swear, every single Mexican that was there uh, thought for a fact that they were like getting injected with the devil, and they actually <laughs> fell down on the floor crying. That's crazy. Yep. yep. But I believe we, it. We were all like actually made to help them. We were told by the actual nurses that we had to actually help out these people that were, uh, you know, like on the floor crying. And we did. Yeah. I don't know why, I don't know why some people are so uh, against vaccines. I, 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 I sincerely uh, disbelieve there's any sort of conspiracy. You cannot where, thank uh, Facebook for that, Mike. Yeah. You know what? You're absolutely right. Um, but you know, there, there's been actually even before Facebook was around, there were people who decided not to have their children vaccinated. Um, uh, you know, and I just never understood that because I don't believe in a conspiracy theory of the government trying to infect the, uh, infect us, inject us with something that uh, we don't want. I, I don't believe that. I, I seriously I don't. Otherwise, what was that? We can't hear you. No, I, I think otherwise. Oh, okay, now I hear you. Yeah. No, no, no. Mike's fine on that because basically, yeah, there's some like good, good people out there actually like looking to do things that are good for other others. That's all sure. However, when they actually test these things that they actually give out to other people, they actually like have actually done this in studies where they come back and do quality testing, like just a standard QA. And, and, and lo and behold, the stuff that they're actually given out does does not actually match what's on the labels. Really, and this is standard stuff. But well, they, they have no liability because there's in this country there is actually a vaccine court, and there's no liability on this. This it pays out, you know, just a payout by the government if somebody actually croaks on the shit. And we know this, hmm. but you see, the, the guys that were actually like working on this originally had nothing to do with the production of it. It was some company. And so I'm good to go on that. There are things that you can actually get vaccinated for and treated for. Like, let's say if you were to like get treated that your immune system knows what malaria is, you can easily do this. 
However, if you have a bunch of adjuvants and other like whatever the hell they actually breed up in the lab on that in there, then you're going to have a whole cocktail. Right. That makes sense. And so I just, yeah. I just, yeah, well, it's okay. You see, no, there's, there's the science and the science is real and it's good. And then there's the actual production. True. So otherwise, yeah, yeah, just go, go on it. I'm, I'm pro-vaxxer also, by the way, but you just have to know what's in it. Well, I agree with you on that. And things yeah. can get tainted along the way. No doubt. Yeah, you could you could easily go to uh, GNC and maybe find some supplement there that will be contaminated with another product that was that uh, was there during the production. Well, you see, and also the gal over at GNC that sold you that stuff wants to pick up on you. Well, that too. You got carnies all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. They, yeah, they, they, right, seriously, right. you cannot go to a health food place and not have somebody like wanting to pick up on you. True, true. Yes, you're always I can being... go in there with. I, I can go into a GNC over at the mall with my friend, and we're both in our fifties, and the young guy and the young gal are both like looking at us like meat. Of course, of course. Now, what are they taking? Commission. No, they're taking whatever Madonna's taking. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, you're going to go there. This is, this is wrong. <laughs> see, see, it's seriously wrong. No, I, I, I think that there's like a little psychopathy here. I hear you. Yes, Madonna. Very well anyway, be. otherwise, so you guys don't have another guest on? No, it's just me and Mike here. Yeah, go on. Also, take calls from the other people. Because you have some people like, like the uh, coven from the Northwest and whatnot. There are some other people that actually you should talk to that are actual, like, you know, listeners. Right. And just get them on. Okay. Well, it takes a very yeah, special call in. Call, call, call in. in. Well, no, it takes because a... this is actually far more interesting as far as, like, asking questions about, like, what the hell. I agree. And also, why is it, Mike, that you have so many birds? <laughs> yeah, Mike, why do you have so many fucking birds? Uh, I, I, now, I, I, know, now, I when I was a kid... I worked, my first job I ever did was when I was about, oh, 10. And I worked for the gal in um, California because I was like raised there in LA. And um, the first job I had is I went into a bird farm and that was a, uh, one of those like incoming places where they bring the birds in from other places like quarantine operation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a, and, uh, my pet shot. Yeah. Here. Yeah. And, and you, and you actually learn the, uh, the language of the birds. Hmm. Well, yeah. uh, I've, I've been into birds for a very long time. Um, uh, back in around, when was it? 2008. I joined the, uh, National Audubon Society. Uh, I was a member in New Jersey. I was their official photographer. So you're pro uh, so virus. I, say again. You're pro virus. No, 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 no. Well, all you of the viruses about my... that we get like yearly comes from like migratory birds. Oh yeah, but the birds I have are, are uh, first of all, they're exotic. Uh, I have parrots, and um, I, 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 I rescued birds. Um, I, I'm not into the virus, no, not at all. But uh, not only do we get <laughs> viruses from, anyway. from chickens, but we also get them from from uh, pigs, like yeah, swine cause, flu. Because pigs are great, uh, are raised over in China, sure. But, um, you know, I, I, I look, man, I, I ultimately I'm just a, an extreme animal lover. I love animals really a lot and uh, I would do anything for an animal. And the birds that I have are rescues. I have three parrots. I have an African, um, an African gray, I have a blue and gold macaw and I have a, a, a parrotlet. 
and uh, they're they're all rescued. Now the African greys are actually much tougher to actually like out of the wild, like actually trained to be actually around humans because they don't like humans. Well, this one was these these birds were born and raised in captivity. So um, the reason I adopted them is because they were neglected and uh, uh, they were in very poor yeah, shape. They, they, and I, 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 poor you're birdie. doing just fine. You're doing just fine. Thank you, sir. I, I, and also, yeah, no, every, everything you're doing is just fine. It, it's just it, it's amazing to actually see that because it reminds me of being a kid. And I also um, am reminded of um, actually training African greys to be around humans. Interesting. So they didn't know how to do it. Hmm. They were the worst. The macaws and the rest of them were easy. Learn something new the every day. They were actually hard, harder because they, they just didn't like humans. I think they were hunted. They were, they were probably uh, possessed by Satan. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Satan theory. Yes, we have Satan theory. The and devil. also, like, what the hell is it on the Lucifer Satan thing? Okay, so I, I go on my bike ride, usually, right down by the uh, Morning Star Church. Morning Star? Now, if that's not a... a, 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 a it, no, it's con- right up the street from me. It's the Morning Star if Church. that's not contradictive, I don't know what is. Morning Star? <laughs> uh, Lucifer? Yeah, well... Well, now it's a brick and mortar church, and they're all Russians. All Russians? Is it yeah. Christian? Well, no, I can't make this up. Seriously, you guys, you do, I cannot make this up. I move over to a quiet place, and then lo and behold, on my normal bicycle ride, there is a church there, and it's called the Morning Star Church, and they are Russian Episcopalians. Ah, I see. Or chaps. <laughs> Well, you get a lot of that actually from from Russia. There's a, a lots of Orthodox uh, churches out there. Yes, Episcopalians. Well, maybe even that. I, I don't know well, too no, much I'm from ser- there. Serious. I'm sure they got this that shit. This would only happen to me. And they want me to, to come you? over there because they like me. Run! Don't go. <laughs> well, no, because they want me to go to Wednesday night Russian classes. Don't do and it. And then pick up on the woman. Ah, oh, okay. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah, they know. They they actually spotted me as being single. Mm. So then from there, I've just they were I've fishing. Been to like do something different. I see, my friend. Well, well, don't go out there. You might catch uh, COVID nineteen or something else. I, I I I've been sick twice this year, so I probably already had it with COVID nineteen. So it doesn't matter. Oh yeah, I, I you survived it shit. too, huh? You were talking about three days. Yeah, man, I was out for like three days. Yeah. I felt like I got ran over by a truck. I was out for three days right before Christmas. I was so pissed off at Christmas (laughs) that nobody in the family knew what to do with me because I was so anti-Christmas. I was so angry. You felt crucified. What what now? Sorry. Oh, I said you felt crucified. No, no. I was just actually just damn pissed off that it came came at me like right before Christmas. Well, that's why, man. I'm not even religious and I feel crucified right now. I just like, oh, my God. (laughs) And then from there, uh, oh my God. like a month ago, like right at the end of um, oh um, February, I got it again, and Did that you? was three days. I it was like like Sunday. I got sick on Sunday, and it was instant. So you had the that fever. Was, was weird. So you had the fever. You had a headache. You were coughing. Started puking. And you started up. puking. Okay. Right off the bat, and then uh, from there, I went home, and I was out for like till Wednesday. Yeah. And then I, I, I had to then get over the idea of, um, like, trying to eat normally. You probably had so COVID-19. another three or four days to get, like, actually back to normal. Yeah, you probably sure. had it. Yeah, oh, yeah. You see, I, I, I'm just, that, that's okay. 
That's all right. Well, I'm glad you're still alive, and I hope you continue to stay alive. Keep boosting your immune yes, system, my and friend. Also, I have another caller call in. If that's if they call. You know, you got to have balls to call in. Well, because you have a bunch of chickens. That's exactly right. <laughs> yes, you're not and lying. Also, the um, oh, the coven, uh, the coven of the Northwest needs to call in. That too. Well, let them call in. Yes. Let them stop they, being yeah, pussies. Yeah, they are especially actually chicken. Right, I agree. Bunch of pussies. Yes. It, anyway, otherwise, it, well, yeah, but you see, they're women. Well, so exactly. If you start calling them pussies, you're going to have an issue. A bunch of cunts. <laughs> bunch of cunts out there not calling in. Oh, my. <laughs> anyway. Ouch. You guys have a good time. You too, my friend. Take care. Take yep, care. Thank Thanks you. for calling in. And caller. have a good night. Mahalo. And uh, there he goes, a very nice gentleman. That was a fun conversation there, right, Mike? Absolutely. That was a great call. And uh, if anybody else wants to call in, please do. Yeah, please do. You know that number, 760-332-8724. Don't be afraid. It's just me and Mike here. Nothing to be afraid of. I'm not going to convert you, so don't worry. No. Don't worry. So, Mike, you haven't had a Madonna moment uh, singing to yourself at 3 a.m., in the bathroom? No, no, I wouldn't say I'd have. I'd had. I've had a Madonna moment. Not even I, on heroin. You didn't start singing all that shit. Oh, oh, the things I've seen on heroin. Uh, for some reason, Mike, I got. I got to be honest with you. Now that we're talking about heroin, you know, Artie yes. Lang, you know, he's been doing pretty bad. I think he, well, he, he on and off the oh, needle. Oh, he's doing. He's doing dope too. He's been doing the heroin, but he. I think he's only oh. been. He's been snorting it. He wasn't shooting it, or else he would have lost oh, the weight. Guy. Yeah, I, I, can't, I still can't believe the fact of his nose, man. It's oh, all fucked goodness. up his nose. If you haven't seen it, oh, I did see it. And I, I was, I, don't I was see it. appalled. Yeah, it's really bad. But of course, he's been um, off the wagon, on the wagon. I think I'm not quite sure what's going on with our boy Artie Lang, who I respect tremendously. By the way, of course, he's also been featured in Celebrity Death Pool and uh, Kenny Rogers as well. Gone, also someone that was on uh, Celebrity Death Pool list there. He's out. Why was he on? Why was he on? Well, he was just old age. It's not that we hate these people. It's just that, you know, sometimes they, they make the list for one reason yeah. or another. Yeah. Has nothing to you do know, with the age. older, the older I get and, and I, I see my rock star heroes dropping oh. off here and there. Like when, when Bowie died, David Bowie, uh, I was really taken back because I never thought that fucking guy would die. I really didn't. Yeah, man. But heroin addicts never die. I'm sorry. Uh, A lot of them he, don't. He, some of them it's, just I keep going. No, I only the not. only the dumb, brilliant musicians uh, seem to die from heroin. But the real hardcore addicts, they don't die for some reason. They just keep going. I'm not sure why. Apparently, some of them uh, do. It's strange little conundrum there. Different times, maybe. Maybe different times. That's true. Different times. But yes, Mike, we do have a more audio here to play. Of course, we have that Joe Biden accuser. We yeah, have, let's hear that. Yeah, let's let's just. Pass all this nonsense. I was also going to have um, audio here of celebrity singing Imagine, but I'll save you for that, Mike. I don't even want to hear that shit. <laughs> we could just pass that segment real easy here. Okay. We'll move along and we'll focus our attention on creepy Joe Biden. Let's do that. He once was quoted saying he to uh, believe all women, right? I think he said something like that. Did he? I, I he don't said know. something I not like to that. Follow him too much. I'm paraphrasing. Don't quote me on that, even though I said, quote, but he said something along those lines in reference to the Me Too, uh, the Me Too movement when Brett Kavanaugh was facing accusations. You remember that, buddy? Yes. 
Yeah. So Joe Biden, he was saying you know, something you know like what, that years Michael, ago. You know what, Michael? I think they're all fucking hypocrites. I really well, totally. do. They, they talk. They talk about this person, that person, and they accuse this person, that person, and then they they themselves get accused. So I'm I'm so sick of politicians. Of course, and of what we're talking about here, by the way, is Tara Reid, a former staffer from back way back in '93, ladies and gentlemen. And for those who forgot, Joe Biden played a very essential role during the Obama administration for sexual violence against women. How odd. You just hate to see it happen. You just hate to see it happen, right? Oh, yeah. Was, I'd hate it. That was very sarcastic there. <laughs> you just hate to see it happen, right? It, it jars me. Oh, my. Let's play that audio. Let's hear that. Let's do it. Called me in and said, I want you to take this to Joe. He wants it. He wants you to bring it. Hurry. And I said, okay. And it was a gym bag. She said, you know, take the gym bag. She called it athletic bag. And, you know, she said he was down towards the Capitol and he'll meet you. And so I went down and I was heading down towards there. And he was at first talking to someone. I could see him at a different distance and then they went away. And then um, we were in like the side. It it was like the side area. And um, he just said, hey, come here, Tara. And then I, I handed him the thing and he greeted me. He remembered my name. And then it we were alone and it was the strangest thing. There was no like exchange, really. He just had me up against the wall. And um, I was wearing like a skirt and, you know, business skirt, but I wasn't wearing stockings. It was kind of a hot day that day. And I was wearing heels. And I remember my legs had been hurting from the marble, you know, of the Capitol. Mm -hmm. like walk. And I, so I remember that kind of stuff. I remember like I was wearing a blouse and he just had me up against the wall and the wall was cold. And I remember he, it happened all at once. The gym bag, I don't know where it went. I handed it to him, it was gone. And then his hands were on me and underneath my clothes. Let's hold that right there, Mike. So far, what do you think? When did this happen? When did this take place? Allegedly in 93. And she's been, 93. she's been trying to tell her story ever since. Really? Really. Mm. According to her. Look, it's, go ahead. I'm sorry. I said, according to her. Um, well, if you're asking my personal opinion, I, I, I can't even give an opinion at this point because I'm going to leave that to the courts uh, if it even gets to court. But the right. thing is, uh, 1993, 2003, 2013, almost almost 30 years. Right. Hmm. What do you think? I mean, Joe Biden say, has let, had let a me, rep- Let me repeat. Mm, let go me ahead. repeat. Hmm. 93. 93. Hmm. I'm sorry, man. That takes an awful long time. That's a long time. Years. That's a long Almost time. But years. she has been exactly. trying to tell her story. Thirty years. Yes, and she she's been she has told her story. I believe a couple of times, perhaps. Has she? All right. I, and I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not either. It just seems you never know. Just seems really weird that we're timing take, right. Exactly. Uh, but didn't this happen uh, several years ago when we had an, another election? I believe so, and I think we have another caller. Let's um, uh, let's bring them in. Caller, you are live, I think. Michael, what's up, man? I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. This is Local Machine or Element 115 or whatever. Oh, there you are. What's up, man? I'm glad you're here. It's good to hear your voice. <clears throat> yeah, how are you? I'm good. I can't complain. I'm just, I'm burying, uh, creepy Joe Biden here. I'm looking at his sad puppy dog face and <laughs> he looks like he's suffering bad up there. I just want to, well, I can't touch the guy. You know, he might want to touch me back and I don't know where those hands have been. 
Yeah, they might have COVID nineteen. Right. I just hope everybody's doing good and no one's getting corona. And nice. I'm doing good. And I, I want to say that Mike's a really great addition to your show. Oh, thank you. He's, he's oh, thank soft. you so much. Thank right. you. That means a lot. Yeah, you challenge people in in a good way, and you're knowledgeable about many different things. So it's 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 really good. You guys make a Thank good you, a good team. I agree. Well, the thing is, a lot of people don't realize this is that me and Mike have been in communication before I even started doing a show. So naturally, yep. we would be getting along just fine. Yep. Yeah. We kind we've of know, we've known each other now for more than ten years. More than ten years, and we kind of already know how both of us uh, do things, and we 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 work well together. In other words, nice, nice. And, Indeed. It's and thank you for that compliment again. That was very nice. Thank I, you. I think it's because yeah, me and yeah. Mike okay. were both musicians for as long as we've been. I think that also is something that um, we both understand that sort of um, how, how that works. We mm -hmm. have that little knowledge and that brings I think, us together. You know what, Michael, if I may interject for a second, Go I also ahead. think it's because we have been in contact well, that too. off the air. You know, we've been off the air many times. We've spoken on the phone, and and I think there's a lot of topics and subjects that we have agreed upon. Right. And even if we didn't, we were able to discuss them, you know, maturely as adults. So I think there's that connection more so than the music. But I get what you're saying. No doubt. No doubt at all. Local machine. So what's the, what's the deal on your area anyway with this Corona scene uh, for both of you Which guys? One? Is it like are you, there's a lot of work from home and all that stuff? A uh, Mike take go over. Who, me? Yeah, go first. Well, uh, to answer your question, uh, uh, it's it's been a little weird for me. Um, I, I'm not really working currently. So um, like in, in the winter, I kind of just take a low profile and I usually concentrate on my art uh, from about December until about May. And then I start doing a few things here and there. I got a few different odds and ends that I do uh, work-wise. But um, currently what I've been doing is just focusing on my art uh, since about mm, probably early January. Um, so I really – I don't think – I don't know if I've answered your question thoroughly, but I'm not, I'm not exactly exciting. <laughs> you mentioned your art website. Uh, what was it again? I went there and I forgot. What's the URL? Oh, it's, it's easy. Horribleartwork. Horribleartwork.com. Oh yeah, I remember I went there a couple of weeks ago and I saw I forgot the name of the the artwork that was really cool. I'll think of it in a minute. By the way, one right. thing people forget is that uh, Mike here he has done the honors of letting us play his uh, some of his music. And "Where Have You Been" is the specific opening song. It's kind of the theme song here, Mike, and it has been for quite a while. I can't tell you how honored I am that you use that music. Uh, that that's from the band uh, Spy Society '99 that I did uh, as early as uh, 1998. Right. That's when I started it. That's when I started the band. It was right after the whole stint with the Misfits, um, and it went on for about uh, three years. We, we we played our last show right after 9/11, literally the next day. How crazy! Um, and that was. That was the last time we played, but the CD didn't come out until 2000, I believe, 14. Um, it everything is sort of laid dormant, and then we did that. We did three new. Uh, well, I did three new songs with some musicians, and uh, I released the album uh, "Die Punk Die." And the track that you play at the beginning of um, of your uh, of the show, as you said, is called. Uh, 
Uh, what's it called, Michael? Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where have you Thank been? You. It, it's it's the most um, in depth, I think, that I've heard any of 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 your other work, Mike. Not not to disrespect the other work you've done, ex- except. I took specific interest in this one because it's completely different from everything else I've heard from you. What can I say? You're like a goddamn lounge singer in this one. In a good way. Uh-oh, I think we might have lost Mike. And uh, we did. How bad is that? We lost Mike right when I was putting him over in a, in a major way. You lost Mike? Yeah, he um, his internet connection went down. Anyway, it was knowledge versus progress. That's the really cool artwork on his website. Right. I think he would agree with you on that one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's too bad. Any more Any more, uh, Any more? more guests tonight, or is that it tonight? Oh, that's it. It's just uh, me and Mike here. All right. All right. He'll call back, I'm sure. Yeah, he'll get back on here. No worries. But I do... So I think with that Eric guy, mm-hmm. I think one of the things, when he said truth is like, he was saying that truth is not an individual thing was kind of one of the things that irked me about that. It irked but it was you? A good, great... Why did it irk he you was saying there, he, he was saying that there's just one truth. Ah, yes. I, I recall he and was, that was saying kind of, that. That kind of annoyed me. I don't know what words exactly he used, but... Well, yeah, of, he was specifically yeah. saying there is just the Catholics who are going to be uh, saved. But I mean, that's every religious group believes that. Yeah. And then the thing about this guy, the example that Mike had given, he said, if this guy was good his whole life and, you know, believed in God and was great his whole life. And then that last second did something, then he would be something about he would he wouldn't be entering the kingdom of God or something. Uh, Mike, are you back on? Yeah. My again, guys, I'm so sorry. I'm having real stupid issues with my computer today. I Uh, Sorry, I dropped out. Uh, the question was... I, they. I, they. No. Well, he was uh, putting you over for talking with Eric, and he mentioned how he was irked by basically Eric proposing that only the Catholics out there will be saved when Judgment Day arrives. Come on, man. You guys yeah, know said, as well one, as one I truth, There's only it, one truth. Yeah, there's only one truth, he said. Yeah, well, that's just that's just the dogmatic view of of, of religious ideology. Yeah. You know? Does your phone have a heartbeat? What's going on there? I'm hearing like a pumping sound. I heard that too. I know. Was was your was your phone uh was the heart beating there on your phone? Not mine. No, I have no heartbeat on the phone. Did you hear that, Mike? <laughs> I heard it. I, I don't know did what that is. It. It's awesome though. It's so it's so creepy. It could have been through my mixer, but I don't have a heartbeat effect on it. But, oh, the other thing was knowledge versus progress was that one of my favorite artworks from you, Mike. Ah, yes. Yes, that is one of my That is one of my favorites as well. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was telling him that. I was saying how Mike would appreciate that for sure. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, I uh, just to just to backtrack a bit. What, what, what's your name? What do I call you? Uh, uh, caller, what do I call you? What's your name? Uh, J- Jason's my first name. Jason. I, uh, I use local machine and I use element element 115. May I call name. you Jason? May I, may I call you Jason? Uh, you just broke, broke. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. Um, so what you're saying is that you agreed with some of the things I was saying uh, when we, we had interviewed Eric uh, concerning – uh, you know, facts and logic with 
death and, and belief and, and science and, and all that. Is that, am I correct in assuming that? Yeah. I liked how, I liked how you challenged him in the, the different scenarios you had used, such as the, you had the scenario with the, the, the guy who was all of his life, you know, worshiping, believing in God. And then the last few moments of his life does something like murder somebody. And then he's not entering into the kingdom of God. That was just, that was crazy. You know, I mean, that was just him saying that was a little ridiculous. Well, that was him saying that. I, I didn't say it because what, what I actually what I had said was that you. No, but you had just you say, had given this scenario. You gave this scenario, and he his right. answer was the thing that I didn't agree You're with. You're right. You're absolutely right. And and then you know he, he brought up uh, the thing about purgatory, another fantasy. And I I I'm sorry. I just I don't believe any of that. Um, again, all my life I looked for God. All my life, and I never found him. Yet when I finally began to understand that while we're on this planet, uh, I I can't give a reason why, but while we're on this planet, we need to take responsibility for our own actions. And and that's the problem with with a lot of of people who believe thoroughly in religion and blind faith is that they, they blame everything else or blame all the actions on somebody else. In most cases, it's the devil. Right, the devil. or demon, demon, or, or yeah, Satan, or whatever you want to call it. That's just a cop out, yeah. man. That's well, just a cop out. Well, you know, when something good happens, God this, God. God that. Yeah, we hear it all the time. As the I said, there's two things. I was going to ask you. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Call it. Go ahead. The other thing I was going to ask you is that why is there two like totally different gods in the Bible? Why is it, it's like a bipolar god? You know, you have this <laughs> yes. great loving god, and then you have and then you have the vengeful God, which I believe was created by man. Very moody. Opinion, but I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Well, God's a diva. Jason, you just said the magic word. God was created by, by man. man. There you go. You answered it for yourself. Okay. The, the, if you go back 10, let's just go back 20,000 years when there were still tribes on this earth, okay? And you had different, you know, tribes uh, killing and, and, and hunting and fornicating. They didn't, they didn't worry about, um, the logistics of a religion. They invented gods, uh, the god of light, the god of thunder, the god of rain, the god of, god of war. Oh, I don't know. God of war, the God of fucking pigs, the God right. of, of, uh, you know, sex. It, dude, you know, they invented these things because they didn't understand. Here we are in a, a so, so called civilized, uh, uh, society these days, but really we haven't changed much. We still kill people. We still rape. We still steal. We still covet our neighbors, our neighbors goods. We still, uh, do all these things, you know, glutton and, 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 and greed and, and hate and, we're no different. We're the same fucking thing that we were a hundred thousand years ago as cavemen. There's nothing that's changed about us except the civilization and the fact that we've, you know, become a dominant species on the earth. That's it. Does that answer your question? That's right. That's, that's right. Yeah, All right, that's, you're still good. There. that's a good answer. It's amazing. It's amazing. I agree. Okay. All right, Mike and Mike. Well, you know, now that I have you here, <laughs> you know, I could just um just say one more thing to you. I'll kick you down okay. a little wisdom here, and this is the truth. And there is no one answer to equal to some of your questions, my friend. Mm-hmm. Amen to Keep that. Keep that in mind. And that's your All knowledge right, for tonight, my friend. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Mike. Take care.
Thank you, right, you so too. much, Jason. Thank All you. Right. For Mahalo. All right. All right. Bye bye. And there he goes. Great call yet again, Mike. Didn't we speak to him once before? No, I think that was the first time he's called in. Okay, that's cool. Unless that's cool. I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But Mike, we still have to play the Joe, the creepy Joe Biden clip here. Yeah, let's hear it, man. Let's start from the beginning, just to um, refresh our memories here. Let's let it roll. Called me in and said, I want you to take this to Joe. He wants it. He wants you to bring it. Hurry. And I said, okay. And it was a gym bag. She said, you know, take the gym bag. She called it athletic bag. And, you know, she said he was down towards the Capitol and he'll meet you. And so I went down and I was heading down towards there. And he was at first talking to someone. I could see him at a different distance and then they went away. And then um, we were in like the side. It it was like the side area. And um, he just said, hey, come here, Tara. And then I, I handed him the thing and he greeted me. He remembered my name. And then it we were alone and it was the strangest thing. There was no like exchange, really. He just had me up against the wall. And um, I was wearing like a skirt and, you know, business skirt, but I wasn't wearing stockings. It was kind of a hot day that day. And I was wearing heels. And I remember my legs had been hurting from the marble, you know, of the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Like, walk. And I, so I remember that kind of stuff. I remember like I was wearing a blouse and he just had me up against the wall and the wall was cold. And I remember he, it happened all at once. The gym bag, I don't know where it went. I handed it to him, it was gone. And then his hands were on me and underneath my clothes. And um, yeah, and then he went, oh, he went down my skirt, but then up inside it. And he uh, penetrated me with his fingers. Whatever. And um, I, uh, he was kissing me at the same time and he was saying something to me. He said several things and I can't remember everything he said. I remember a couple of things. I remember him saying first, before, like as he was doing it, do you want to go somewhere else? And then him saying to me, when I pulled away, he um, got finished doing what he was doing. And I kind of was pulled back and he said, he said, come on, man, I heard you liked me. Mm. And it's that phrase stayed with me because I kept thinking what I might have said. And I can't remember exactly if he said I thought or if I heard, but it, it's like he implied like that I had done this. Like, I don't know. And for me, it was like every everything shattered in that moment because I knew like we were alone. It was over, right? He wasn't trying to do anything more, but it's, I looked up to him. He was like my father's age. He was this champion of women's rights in my eyes. And I couldn't believe it was happening. It didn't see, it seemed surreal. And I, I just, I knew, I, I just felt sick because he, when he pulled back, he looked annoyed and he said um, something else to me that I, I don't want to say. And then he said, he, I must have looked shocked. And he grabbed me by the shoulders. I don't know how I looked, but I must have looked something because he grabbed me by the shoulders and he said, you're okay. You're fine. You're okay. You're fine. And then he walked away and he went on with his day. And what I remember next is being in the Russell building, like where the big windows are and the stairs by myself and my body, I was shaking everywhere because and it was cold all of a sudden. And I was, I don't know, I felt like I was shaking just everywhere. And I was trying to grasp what had just happened and what I should do or what I should say. But I knew it was bad because he was so angry. Like when he left, like I could feel, you know how when you know someone's angry, they don't necessarily say anything. Like he smiles when he's angry and you can just feel it emanating from him. Like, Do you want to share that thing that you said you don't, like you said, like, I, I don't want to say what he said, that thing he said to you? Um, yeah, I can, I guess I could. 
I mean, you, you don't have to. It's okay. It's just, um, it's almost like giving a weapon to them. How so? Well, it's like, I don't want them to know how much it hurt. I don't, mm. you know, I don't want him to know when they, I don't know. But, that, yeah, like that I, you remembered it? Yeah. Just, just, the, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I can say it. Um, yeah, there's something he said that I didn't want to say. And I didn't want to say it because it's the thing that stays in my head mm. over and over. Like, like, And um, it's a thing that <clears throat> kind of stayed with me over the years. But he said, um, when he had me against the wall after he had done, after I pulled away and he had said, hey, you know, come on, or do you like me? And I um, knew he was angry right after he took his finger. He just like pointed at me and he said, you're nothing to me. And then he, he just looked at me and he goes, you're nothing, nothing. And then I must have reacted. And I think he only said it twice. I said, but I, but I just heard the word nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and I must have reacted because that's when he took me by the shoulders and he said, you know, you're okay. You're fine. You're okay. But then afterwards, like it kept replaying in my head from like last April when all that stuff came out, <clears throat> I got really, really sad about it. And it, the thing that I remember most, almost more than the assault itself, was just being told I was nothing. And he was right. That's how people treated me. Mm. That's how people treated me. And I have no platform. I am no one. And to him, I'm nothing. Amazing. And there you have it, Mike. That was the audio of the accuser. And my goodness, if it's true, we do have a bombshell on our hands. Yeah, it's sad. I feel sorry for her. I feel bad for her if it if it's true. If it's true, it sounds like she's got, I mean, it sounds like she's got or had a very low self-esteem. Yeah. She sounds like a defeated, broken female and you hate to see it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for her. I hope, I hope that uh, one way or another that this is all worked out and that justice is, uh, is gotten. Very interesting audio clip there. Um, How this will affect his campaign, I don't know. The media has been very tight-lipped around this for a long time, apparently. Oh, of course. Why we haven't heard of this much sooner, I don't know. But for those who forgot. I'll tell you why. Go ahead, I'll tell you why. Because the Democratic Party hides a lot of things that they don't want people to hear about and get out. But if it was a Republican, you could rest assured, it holy been all over hell, <laughs> hell, holy fucking hell would explode. The sky okay? would come down. That's right. Because, you. you know, it's, it's funny how these things pop up and they try to accuse Republicans of this, that, and the other thing. But when something happens to their candidates or uh, their, their pol- political figures, it's kept hush-hush for the yeah. most part. You're right. Why we haven't heard anything about this is beyond me. I really don't know Politics. why we haven't. Politics, Michael. Politics. It's, it's very dirty. It's very greasy, sure right, is. Mike? You got it. Joe Biden has had that reputation of being too hands-on with everyone, especially yep. people of the opposite sex. He gets really close and- to you and he whispers. It's, it's very odd. And he touches just about everyone, actually, now that I think about it. He sure does. He doesn't discriminate, right? He's all... He's all hands in. <laughs> and you know, the He's thing is, in. a lot of times uh, you see him, he'll, he'll, he'll really, uh, be touchy feely with right. people who, uh, younger people, especially like younger yeah. kids and stuff, where he, he puts his hands on He's them, a freak. kind of hunches over them, you know. That's a, that's a, that's a dominant feature. Yeah. He needs to keep his hands to himself, especially now with the coronavirus, right? Dude. <sighs> 
in my personal opinion, I think all politicians should keep their fucking hands to themselves. Isn't Mike Bloomberg also going through something similar? I Former mayor of uh, – He had a couple of allegations thrown his way, right? Interesting. I think all these people have had some allegations thrown their way. They're all scumbags, Michael. They really are. They, the, 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 uh, our, our government politicians are so – they're no better than anybody no, I don't disagree. else. And it's funny. We, we, we sort of put them on this pedestal. Like, oh, they're going to be the savior and they're going to do this and they're going to, they're going to help us do that. But, you know, they're, they're no better than we are in most cases. They're no smarter than we are. They're no, there's nothing different about them. They have the same deviant thoughts as, as most Americans, or I should say most humans have. Ugh, politics makes me sick. That's very gross. Very gross. Mm -hmm. But what can you do? It's sort of all over the place, unfortunately. It is, and is, and as I said, I hope that justice is had uh, from from such a, 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 a sticky situation. No pun intended about this <laughs> yes. uh, about this circumstances. You know, uh, if if this woman is indeed telling the truth, I hope that when they go to court, if indeed they do go to court, that she gets uh, her comeuppance. Me too. I agree. Hopefully, it happens. If not, well, that's life, right? It would be unfortunate if it didn't. Um, it would only go to show you that the politicians do have an upper hand when it comes to the average person. Again, as long as it's it's the truth and it's being it's being uh, uh, brought out. I, think I don't know how else to say it. I think he's still ahead in, in the polls, by the way, which is phenomenal because he's a mental case at this point. I agree. Even even his staff will not let him do his uh, his. Uh, uh, his speeches and presentations to, uh, you know, they want to keep a limit on it because he's screwing up too much. Look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for the guy. I feel bad for him. He's an, uh, a gentleman who is apparently going through he's, some. He's uh, 77, by the way. Right. And, and you know what? My pop is 88 and I love my pop and he's going through a lot with him, with his age. He's forgetting a lot. And I think that's exactly what's, what's happening. What's going on with, with Joe? Him. I agree. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. He's got some dementia um, going on. Yeah, it's very possible, and and I I feel bad for the guy. I really do. Uh, but you know, that's not how I feel politically. Uh, you know, I agree. Yeah, I when know. it yeah when it comes to his 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 uh, uh, his stance on politics, I I have many disagreements with him. But as a human uh, who's going through these these issues with forgetfulness, I do not think he should be a president. I really don't. In fact, I think he should drop out of the candidacy. I'm with you on that one. You won't get any arguments from me on that. I know. <laughs> on that um summary there. I was uh, looking at this other laptop here. I do have a second laptop here next to me, and I'm looking at some more disturbing news. It seems like we have topped 100,000 cases. That's what I heard uh, uh, yesterday. That's what I heard. That's pretty um, wild. I wasn't yeah, sure if that was accurate or not, but apparently it is. Frightening. It is. I think we have a little news clip here about the coronavirus. Former FDA associate commissioner, as well as the president and co-founder of Center for Medicine in the Public Interest. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I see. This is where they talk about the um, medicine here. I know you, of all people, have been following this debate over chloroquine, z pack plasma therapy. Where do you come down on these, sir? 
Well, I think the good news is that we're expediting it and fast-tracking it without rushing. You need the data. You know, the plural of anecdote isn't data, and we have to be aware of that. I think that we're going to have some therapeutics that will help decrease the symptoms of COVID as well as shorten its duration relatively soon, maybe two weeks, maybe a little bit more than that. That's good news for people who are suffering. And I think the vaccine is about 10 months to a year away. And actually, for vaccines, that's quickly because you need both the uh, discovery as well as the manufacturing. So I'm relatively optimistic, but people need to put it in the proper perspective. You know, most people with COVID will have mild symptoms. They shouldn't have these types of medicines. We really right. need to save them for people that really do need them. Are you say that that's a good point because, you know, the double-edged sword, you say that, look, if everybody starts using, using chloroquine to treat COVID, what about those who need it for malaria, for lupus, for the other things that it has been approved for that then you have? And the same goes for these other drugs that people are, are more wanting to use. That's, that's a fair assessment, sir? Absolutely. And especially relative to chloroquine, you know, one of the largest uses is rheumatoid arthritis. So you don't want people who are using chloroquine for controlling of their rheumatoid arthritis to all of a sudden get a shortage. So we need to be aware that just like masks and gowns and uh, ventilators, that the products are, are required for those that really need them the most, not for everybody. Yeah, I, I want to play you this soundbite from uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci on vaccines and get your opinion on the other side. Listen. But one of the things that we are going to do that you need to understand that has been a stumbling block for previous development of vaccines, and that is even before you know something works at risk, you have to start producing it because once you know it works, you can't say, great, it works. Now, give me another six months to produce it. The best way to get the best drug as quickly as possible is to do a randomized controlled trial so that you know, is it safe and is it effective? Is that the process that you would recommend, Mr. Pitts? Oh, certainly. You've got to do it properly. You don't want the cure to be worse than the disease. I think another part of good news here is you don't just have one company developing a vaccine. You have numerous companies. So you have, we have a number of shots on goal to succeed. So that's good news. Yeah, you say we need to test those who have recovered from from COVID-19. And that's the fascinating part of this whole thing, because if we test the people who have recovered, how long does it take before we can utilize that information? Pretty quickly. So this is called using convalescent plasma, using uh, the plasma from people's blood who have gone through COVID as a sort of vaccine. And that's been proven you know, for centuries. That's, that's the whole theory behind the initial smallpox vaccine. And I think that will be up and running there relatively quickly as well. But again, you have to follow the science. You've got, you've got to do it right. You don't want to hurt people because the science hasn't been properly done and the data not collected. But I think that the most important population cohort moving forward aren't people who are testing positive for the disease. It's people who have already had the disease that can go back to normal functioning as well as donating their plasma for uh, a possible vaccine for patients who are currently afraid about getting the disease. Yeah. And you bring up, you know, this whole fascinating subject of people who have had the coronavirus and their blood is so valuable. But but why is it individual people or are you looking for a pattern amongst a, a big group of people? What are we specifically trying to hone in on when we do these tests of those who have already had the virus? Well, we're trying to actually get their blood to do types of kind of like a, bl a blood transfusion. And as the science progresses, we can create that artificially. You know, the, the you know the president uh, has said he's following the best scientific and medical advice, but he's also kind of being our optimist in chief. And I think sharing this type of information in the proper perspective gives people hope. And that's incredibly important because it keeps them on point. It keeps them uh, relatively positive about social distancing and, and uh, sheltering in place. So I think that when the president shares this type of news and the proper perspective, it, it gives people you know, a good, positive feeling that we're moving in the right direction, which we are. Yeah, and lastly, I just... I, I'm and Mike, you dropped off, but now you're back. 
I, I hit the mute button. I didn't want to interrupt there. I didn't want to interrupt. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, v- very interesting stuff, Michael. Very as interesting usual. stuff. Very interesting stuff. And as usual, Mike, I want to thank you for also being a part of the program here tonight. And I'm looking at the clock and yes, it's time to shut things down. No doubt. Yeah. Um, fabulous show tonight. Uh, my thanks to Eric, my thanks to the callers, uh, my humble thanks to you as always. And a uh, great show tonight. No doubt, Mike. Thanks uh, for hanging out once again. And I'll talk to you again very soon, Mike. All right, brother. I'll see you on Tuesday. All right, buddy. See you soon. Take care. Take take care, brother. Bye-bye. And there he goes, boys and girls. That was the one and only Mr. Mike Hideous wrapping up the night with us once again. And yes, I know, it's a sad time. I would like to stay on longer, but it's time to wrap it up here. Now, I want to thank all of you out there for being a part of the program yet again. Those of you in the chat room, it was a fun show. And remember, you want, if you want to get a hang, a hang, a hold of me, please direct yourself to possibly Twitter. That might be the fastest way. At Michael Deacon. And perhaps I'll respond. And don't forget, if you are a listener out there and want bonus content, please direct yourself to Patreon dot com forward slash Michael Deacon and right there is where you'll find additional content and it's also very good very delicious good for the soul you might learn a thing or two or maybe you won't international listeners out there thank you very much for your support always fun to read your emails and when I do it gets very very dusty in the room I, I gotta be honest reading some of those emails it's they're pretty hard But I appreciate everyone out there, especially you listening to this live. I really do. Now, we will return very soon. I believe we will be back. I have to check this. I I forgot to. I feel bad. But I believe we will return next Tuesday. Yes, next Tuesday. I think we have another special guest. A surprise guest. And that's at 5.33 p.m. out here on the West. 8.33 in the East Coast, and I hope you'll be there. It'll be fun, I promise. It'll be a lot different from tonight, which was awesome. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the chaos, and I usually do. I want to thank Mike Hideous, once again, the co-host, and of course, Mr. Eric Kajewski for their time. And no, it's not Jim Fetzer, but he is returning as well, though. That's another surprise. He's coming on, don't worry. I just talked to him and he's doing good. No coronavirus in his future. He's been laying low. But yes, the good doc will be back. Dr. Jim Fetzer live and direct very soon as well. And I hope all of you make it coronavirus free next week as well. Remember to stop shaking hands with everyone out there. I'm not sure who still does. Start boosting those immune systems. It's pretty goddamn serious. Stay safe, everyone, no matter where you are on this island earth. I'm Michael Deacon, and with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. 